the the different versions of like what we consider like body positivity and body neutrality just have changed so much since the early 2000s to now and I'm hoping it still does continue to change um but the biggest thing I remember growing up was like I was very skinny as a child I was very fit I was very athletic I could do all the sports like I I loved that stuff and my mom always praised my body like kind of to a degree that I I don't think I, I would say doesn't really occur for most people and so Hello everyone and welcome again to Authentic on Air with Bruce Alexander. I'm your host Bruce Alexander. Putting the real me out there is an important part of my practice of being authentic. Especially with the parameters of this uh, as host of this show, it is especially important that I take the commitment very seriously. I respect this space of authenticity way too much to be measured in my sincerity. As facilitator of this space, I am an open book. And my guest today, Kaylin Bree, host of the podcast, What Do We Call This Podcast, put that theory to the test when I went on her show. More about Kaylin after today's reflection. Who is your person? When things go sideways or the stuff hits the fan, who is your go-to phone call? Mine has been Kate for over 15 years. But here's a twist. Sometimes things would go sideways and I wouldn't make the call. I would be scared or confused or in some other way need help. Why wouldn't I call? The answer, as bad as things might get, a fear of something worse always looms. What if this time it's too much? Could this be the thing that makes her see how much I actually suck? Learning to overcome those thoughts, allowing my partner to be my lifeboat when the waters rise above my head has taken and will continue to take a lot of deep self-work. I'm so very much less afraid of making that call now, but I am a continued work in progress. In conclusion, I guess what I really want to reflect on is, are you truly authentic with at least one person in your life? Is there someone who you let share the burden of how bad it really is? There was a large part of my life when I wouldn't even let myself see the darkness in the nooks and the crannies of my soul. So I wasn't even consciously aware of how fake I was being every day. That was a hard realization. But from there, everything I have built is to last. It's on a solid foundation. Share your thoughts with me on Instagram, Facebook, or threads on the episode 17 reflection and let me know if you have shared that burden. I'll be the first one to tell you that it is okay, wherever you are in your journey, to self-acceptance and and authentically sharing yourself with the world. I have been there. Facing the enormity of your secrets and lies is the first step. If you've taken that step and need help on where to go, comment step two. And I will reach out to you in uh, about a one step at a time process of claiming your authentic identity. As I'm writing this though, I have so much love for my audience and I know how hard it can be to take that first step. If you comment help or step one, I will contact you to set up a completely free, no strings attached coaching session focused solely on beginning your first step. I never want anyone to have to keep hurting that much, and I know how to help because I've been there before. Now let's get into today's show because it's not time to cry. Yet. Who knows what the future of this episode holds, though, because our guest today is Kaylin Bree. <clears throat> She's the host of, like I said, the What Do We Call This Podcast podcast. A successful podcaster by all my metrics, with over eight times more social followers and a five-star rating on Spotify, I don't know where I will sit when this airs, but as I'm writing this, I can't really call my five-star rating on Apple Podcasts legit because of my four reviews, two are my wife and daughter, respectfully. Shout out to my biggest fans. But what I have learned is that podcasting is hard. 90% of podcasts don't get past episode three, 
and 90% of what's left will quit after 20 episodes. If I'm correct, I was Caitlin's 20th episode, putting her in the top 1% of podcasting. Despite all of this, Caitlin shared with me that I helped her. Like many that have come on this show, for Caitlin, success hasn't canceled out imposter syndrome. She shared with me that I inspired her to be less shy about reaching out to other podcasters in spite of the imposter syndrome. I want to share this about Caitlin. In a community about a, a thousand, or sorry, in a community of thousands of podcasters who all struggle with the same things, Caitlin was the first to make me feel seen. If audience is like currency to podcasters, I have been an awful investor, I guess. I freely offer my audience to anyone willing to be honest and vulnerable for the benefit of a more authentic world and engaging content to help others grow and heal. Caitlin was the first podcaster who looked at what I was doing and said, I love this and I would love to have you on. It was a very welcome opportunity to advance my mission of making the world a safer environment for authenticity. My first podcast guest spot. Caitlin's free spirit and go with the flow attitude made it so comfortable to share some of the hardest parts of my story and I hope to replicate that same ambiance on my show. With that, I welcome to my show with the utmost appreciation and mutual respect, Kaylin Bree. Thank you for being here, Kaylin. Oh my gosh, that was such an introduction. I'm like <laughs> blushing internally. I'm like, oh, I don't look too red, but that I just, it just made me feel so special. And who doesn't want to feel special? <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, that's a big part of my platform uh, is letting people know that they've affected me. If they don't hear from anywhere else, they're going to know that they've had an effect on me because, I mean, in this world today, we need to hear it as often as possible, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's like, it's such like an altruistic, like, need as humans. Like, I don't even want to say that because it makes it sound like it's, you know, for the benefit of something else. But it's truly just like, like, we're social creatures. Yeah. And it's like, it's great to know that we have that effect on others and that there are others out there, plenty, who can have that effect on us. And it's just so special. And then there was something, let's see, you mentioned um, your five-star reviews, and you're like, you know, of the two of those, it's my wife and my daughter, and it doesn't matter. That's so special. Like, yeah. what what better people in your life to be rooting for you than those two? I think that's awesome. I, I do have to agree with that. Her, my wife's support especially has been really, really important to me doing this because, you know, mm. I spent a lot of time on it, and if she did not support me, it would definitely be not fun. My daughter also very important. Yeah. I love it. So before we get too far into it, <laughs> can you tell the audience in your own words who you are, how you spend your time, and what and why you think I invited you on the show? Who I am. Okay. <laughs> You're gonna have to remind me of some of those prompts because I'm gonna go on a few tangents. Oh that's perfectly okay. Well <laughs> um yeah I um I'm a gal in her mid twenties. Um currently traveling full-time with my partner um so that's kind of been what's taking up most of my time um i think our biggest focus so far has been like trying to immerse ourselves more in a community we started out our travels kind of moving every two weeks and what we found was that by the 10-day period we started to feel comfortable in a place and really started to like recognize the people that we were seeing for the places we wanted to frequent, whether it was like a really good restaurant or like, you know, the lote car on the side of the road that's there at 7 p.m. on a, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, you know, we would get that comfortability and and then it was time to leave three days later or four days later. And so now 
you know, we're really honing in on like, okay, if we're going to do this full-time travel thing, like we want to get to know the people in the community and it's been really cool. And, um, that, that's like, I guess the recent thing going on in my life, but, um, yeah, I have a podcast that Bruce mentioned and that's been like a passion project of mine that I think has always kind of like been burning for me or you know had like a little bit of a pilot light going on since I want to say like freshman year of college and I think that would have been 2017 when I like first started listening to podcasts and was navigating the college life and just all the stuff that gets thrown at you that typically isn't talked about in high school you know whether that's sex and relationships or like the kinds of things that do happen at parties like people go to parties in high school too so it's not like it was the most fresh thing but it's just like you know different level of it and so I found a lot of comfort in some of the podcasts that a few mentors had like recommended to me and you know, since then, I've always, like, had the thought in the back of my mind, like, oh, it would be so cool to do this and, like, provide that to people. I just don't know what kind of, like, I don't know. I'm always, like, looping back to, like, questioning credibility or, like, certification or whatever. And it's, like, all these things that ultimately don't matter at the end of the day. Like, there are people out there who don't have any kind of, like, formal, proper college degree and are making huge differences in the world. So it's just, like, you know discovering the different versions we can make our differences that don't solely rely on whatever license or whatever degree do you know what i'm getting at yeah, I, know, I totally i totally agree i struggled with similar things okay yeah yeah um so yeah that's just an overarching summary of like some of the stuff i'm passionate about with like how do we even navigate in ourselves in this world? How do we navigate our relationships? How do we navigate our friendships? I guess we could say just relationships in general, um, romantic and not, you know, whether that's the relationship with your mom, the relationship with your dad, the relationship with like an abusive family, family member and how you want to move forward with that kind of stuff. And yeah, I just, I just hope that I'm able to like reach one person like truly if I could just reach like one person I guess that would be like the main aim in my podcast but you know even here today like getting to guest on yours like if we could reach one person and have them feel like really heard and seen like I, I would feel like I've done my job and like there's no obviously money in the reality that we're in is to an extent something we need but like making that difference would just totally trump all monetary value with like serving whatever purpose in life, I guess. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I completely agree. I've, I've said that multiple times on this podcast is that if one person feels seen or feels like they were helped to find their authentic self through my podcast and like I've been a success now, does that mean I'm just going to, you know, put food in my kids' mouths? No. So I'd like to be a success, might you yeah. know, monetarily as well. But it definitely feeds my soul to know that you know people like you and I are out here trying trying to make a difference, and hopefully we are. So that I think that answers the yeah. question pretty yeah. fully. But since we're on the topic of your podcast, um, <laughs> you you kind of you kind of go everywhere on your podcast, and I you know 
for me, I, I try to stay pretty specific for what I'm trying to do, but I love that you are willing to really talk about anything. In your, in your bio, though, one of the things that you mentioned as, like, your passions to talk about is parenthood. You don't have any kids. What is it about parenthood? You know, I, I went pretty in-depth into, like, some parenthood stuff whenever I was on your podcast uh, about how important yeah. I think it is to show up authentically as parents. What is it about parenthood that you think is so interesting to talk about? I guess the first motivation for me to mention that or the first motivation for any of it would come from a more like selfish perspective of like, well, I know I want to have kids. So it's something I'm already thinking about and interested in and have for the most part always felt pretty darn sure of, which I'm not saying that's how it is for everyone. Like this isn't a, everyone should have kids, kids agenda. Like I hear plenty of stories of people who are like, yeah, we're like a dual income, no kids household and it's great. And I'm like, great for you. Like, I'm glad you're happy. You know, like the no propaganda here, just my own personal, like, I know what I want. Like, I'm excited. Like, I, I just feel like I have such like a, Ah, oh, just like a need to care and a need to like nourish and I can't wait for that to come up. Um and with that I recently okay, let's see, the podcast started I think in April, April twenty twenty three. And I a lot of people in my life have been having babies within the last year or two. And it's just been really cool to get to talk to people and like their different experiences. Like I had my we just call each other cousins in the episode we dive into whatever our family tree actually is and how we're actually related (laughs) but cousin for all intents and purposes i had her on and we got to talk about her like natural home birth and i'm very fascinated by that i think it's a really great alternative for you know that being accessible to people that are able to do that so you know there's an element of passion there pre-parenthood just with like our healthcare system I guess particularly in the U.S. and how how scary childbirth can be for a lot of women and then take that a step further for women in minority groups so the passion kind of starts there with like women's health um I guess that's why like the sexuality thing can sort of you know begin to tie into like the parenthood thing with, you know, childbirth and healthcare along the way. But then, you know, diving into parenthood. Uh- so far, what I've, what I've gleaned from you and parenthood is that you're a very hopeful, you know, mother-to-be in the future at some point. Um, are you just trying to collect the best information you can get uh, kind of as a as research for whenever you start your parenthood journey? Yeah, um, I I guess it's like a a case study collection of some kind, but like less scientific or less like, you know, weird, you know, weird researches. Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of the best way to put it into words that I honestly haven't been able to yet. I just think it's really cool and I feel like there's so much more stuff coming out with like mental health and like the different types of like disorders that are out there and like 
what kind of stuff did you experience as a kid that you feel has like shaped your life and you know coming to terms with that kind of stuff like personally like with my parents and like you know I can still recognize like how how much they provided me as a kid and like we talk about this and you know they have their own experiences with their parents and so on and so forth you know and so I think I just get excited about it because I see like what my mom was able to do raising us as a single mom before like getting remarried and then like you know seeing our dad more frequently again and just like coming to terms with just like the different types of relationships we have with our parents in childhood because not everything is like the perfect nuclear family that's like portrayed to us yeah and also how those relationships start to shift into adulthood <laughs> like there, you know there's a big element of like letting go and i think even before we like grow up and like enter adulthood like i feel like i hear so many parents mention like just being able to like let go is like such a big thing with like making stuff not so stressful um you know with raising children and i just feel like that's an ongoing thing even into adulthood and I don't know. I'm just interested in it. And there's like, you know, so much you can dive into. Like I have, I have a friend who wasn't raised by her mom and dad. She, in like any capacity, she was raised by grandparents. And you know what that experience has been for her going into adulthood with like an older generation and, you know, speeding up the process of figuring out in-home care and that kind of stuff. Um, this is a tangent, but it's just, like, the the overall, like, focus on how those relationships change and, like, how you can really so nurture them if, to I mean, your best you ability, choose, like, which it's pretty from the hard beginning. To actually, like, choose exactly what I just think it's really it looks cool. like, but if you could choose your parenthood journey, what would it look like? Where I'm at now, which I'm, I definitely don't feel ready to have kids yet. Um, that's definitely, you know, <laughs> a few years down the line, I would say. But where I'm at now with, like, what sounds really awesome to me, like, definitely, maybe not to the extreme that, like, say my cousin went, not, maybe not an extreme to her, but an extreme to me of, like, doing a full home birth and that kind of thing. Like, she did a home water birth, and, like, I got to see the video. It was so cool, like, super beautiful, like, one of the most, like, just, like, natural primal things I've ever seen, and I thought that was really awesome. And I'm like, okay, like, I could see myself doing, like, a water birth, but maybe I want to do it at a birthing center instead of at home and, like, having, like, you know, a mixture of that kind of thing. Um, but then moving into parenthood, like... Uh, I feel like there's a lot of stuff out there with like schooling in particular and I don't think I'm necessarily there yet with like what kind of schooling would I want to do and that kind of thing because you know that's other people who are having an influence yeah. on your children's life that like I just haven't even gotten I know you mentioned you you homeschool right yeah so I'm like yeah I haven't even gotten to like how I want to do that yet I think it's cool that you do that I feel like I hear a lot of cool stories about um you know, the different ways people like integrate that into their lives and that kind of thing. But purely just from like the parenting standpoint, I think like 
ah, there's like so much stuff about like gentle parenting, but then it's like, how do you do that in the right way without it being something of like, you know, you got to teach like consequent consequences of your actions, but then also like mm -hmm. not having such like a, like authority, like punishment based type of relationship with your kid as opposed to like mutual understanding and respect for one another, like just on like a human level, like. I remember when you came on, you said something along the lines of like how intuitive children are and that just totally prevails. Like, I think I think about that the most more than anything whenever I think about being a parent and just how to like, okay. Hmm. I'm going to go on another tangent here. Have you ever been in like, <laughs> have you ever been in like a workplace situation or like a, We'll just say workplace situation where like someone of higher authority just totally demands respect and is just like a total tyrant and like thought yeah. to yourself oh, yeah, like definitely. now why the f would i want to listen to that person like it doesn't really cool like it doesn't really cultivate like a great learning environment <laughs> so it's like why would you do that with your kids you know what i mean so i think a lot about like how, you know, how to make it known that I'm going to be a safe space for them to come to no matter what with like body safety, body image, like the way we talk about ourselves and that kind of thing, but also like how to teach them those consequences, action, consequences and actions like lesson without punishing them for something. Like, I, I think that's a, right. that's kind of what I'm getting at when I'm mentioning gentle parenting. I'm obviously not a pro at it. So I, I'm not like a child psychologist. I don't have all the right terms to like use to like Kaylin. coin what I'm trying to like Even really, if you had you know, all the right put terms out there for your question, but like, all the research kids come along yeah. and they just, they slap all the books out of your hands and they, they really, you know, they, they put all that stuff that you think you understand to the test. And I think what's really important <laughs> about what you're saying is that you're thinking about so many more things than I was before I became a parent. And I definitely started as a parent way earlier than I should have, way less prepared than I should have been, way um, I wasn't taking it seriously enough. It is, I mean, it's as much as a job as you make it. But to me, that's, that's a good thing. Like, I want to work at being a parent. I want to get better. I want to take that time to improve. And, I, you know, I try to study on it. I could study more. I could study a lot yeah. more. But, you know, I, I appreciate talking to somebody who is thinking about these things many years before they're ready to have children. Because, you know, if you were to have a child, like our first kid was, um, you know, five years before I thought I was going to be ready for a kid. And we weren't prepared for that at all. And we had to get ready really quick. I feel like that's not going to be such a huge leap. Mm -hmm. Also, on the whole home birth thing, uh, three out of four of our kids were born at home. So... I am. I'm definitely on the home home birth support train. Love love to hear it. Um, my oh, wife cool. can give you plenty of information on it if you ever, ever want more, because it is a great. Um, it is really a great experience, and for somebody who doesn't like being in the hospital, that yeah. works really well for both of us. Because you know you get to stay in your own home, but birthing centers are also a great option as well. I'm not going to tell anybody else how to do what they yeah. need to do, but for us, it was such a great experience to be able to be at home. You know. Mm -hmm the first birth we were we had our midwife with us for like 20 hours so it's being somewhere else uncomfortable whenever you can be at your home and still uncomfortable but at least 
as you know comfortable as you can be while birthing a child i, I definitely encourage it um <clears throat> getting a little more into you know talking about like your parenting journey how have you had these conversations with your partner Yeah, um, maybe not to the degree that I'm <laughs> to not to the degree that I like just word vomited at you. <laughs> I what what you and your listeners just got was like Caitlin's internal monologue on a daily basis. As long as you of keep like, asking that question, do you're doing so I don't good. totally mess up my children. <laughs> never quit asking. How do I not mess up my children? <laughs> So it's like, that's like really what's like up in my dome, just like rattling around among so many other things. Um, the like, the core pieces of it are definitely like things that we've talked about with like, um, I mean, definitely like the home birthing thing. We both hate hospitals. That's like, you know, something we have in common. But like for the parenting side of it, it's just like, we both come from families that got divorced and or separated or however you want to like phrase it and we just have both always been really good like pretty much from the start of our relationship about like talking about like here are the things that like i remember seeing as a kid um for me it was a little bit younger when my parents separated he was a little bit older and we'll share like here are the things that we saw with like you know, what went wrong, like, even just on the relationship level, where, like, if your foundation isn't pretty much solid from the get-go, like, it's going to be really hard to, like, continue making a really good, like, nurture, nur nurturing, nourishing space for, like, new beings, you know? <laughs> so, like, the main focus of what him and I like to talk about is, like, it's just, it's so much more, like, relationship-focused because we're so still so young and like still pretty fresh in our relationship is in terms of like how relationships go like it doesn't feel that way like we always joke about like how it's crazy how like we felt like we've always known each other so long but like at, at the end of the day we've been together like just about a year and a half maybe a little bit more than a year and a half um i, I can't be doing math right now <laughs> um so it's like recognizing the things that we saw as kids and like what didn't feel very good and like what kind of still prevails now like for example i find myself like anytime like conflict arises i shut down like i'm just i'm silent <laughs> i get like you know sweaty and nervous and like heart rate goes up and i i just want to go inward and i it, it's very avoidant <laughs> um and that can be really frustrating for him when we have a conflict. And that's something I recognize in myself that I remember seeing as a child, what was modeled for me. So a lot of the focus now for whenever we talk about like, you know, the stuff that would apply to parenting is just like working on how we want to handle conflicts with one another that will then apply to like handling conflicts with like, yeah, I think that's a, a great something method. Yeah. Of our future, you know, children. instead of talking about kids right Did now, let's talk question? about a relationship and talk about how we can make this strong and then build from there and i and i completely agree that it is yeah. so important to have a 
I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you. Like my wife and I, like I said, we weren't ready to have kids. We still argue a good amount because we're very different people. We have like our brains work very, very differently. And so just our basic understanding of the, of the world is different. And so whenever you have the responsibilities of sharing a house and parenting kids Mm -hmm. and financial responsibility and all those things, the way you view the world really has a lot of bearing. And whenever I think something should go one way and she thinks it should go another way. And we both just operate that way because that's what humans do. Like they, they work as their brain, you know, tells them that they should figure things out. And then those things don't line up. Then an argument sometimes ensues and having those arguments in front of your kids is it's a soul crushing thing. Like Mm -hmm. not being able to, you know, rein that in and say, let's talk about this like adults. And here's the thing, you know, it's great that when we can do that and we do do that sometimes, like, don't get me wrong. We're not like knocked down drag out all the time, but sometimes there's, you know, and what is it? An immovable force or an unstoppable force comes against an an immovable object. We're often that because we're both very hard-headed. And so then, you know, then our kids get to watch us argue and that's not my favorite thing at all, but having a strong relationship and especially figuring out how you are going to resolve conflict yeah early in your relationship anyways but early in your you know parenthood journey Mm -hmm. when you're when you first have kids whatever because i promise you it only gets more stressful like i'm not gonna say more stressful it gets more interesting (laughs) there's a there's there's just more things added to the equation so as you're adding more things to the equation it gets more interesting right it's more complex so solving it yeah whenever there's not that constant of here's how we are going to you know, deal with conflict when it arises, it gets, it gets more difficult. So yeah, I, I really think that's awesome. And especially for a couple who's only been together for a year and a half, where, where does that, that thought process come from for you guys, for you to even have those conversations as a, you know, I know that the generation coming up under me, cause I'm almost 40 years old, you're in your mid twenties, you guys, you're just different about the way that you talk about things. You're, you're more open with mental health. You're more open with, you know, building a future mm-hmm. together. Like you're traveling the world with somebody you've been together with just over a year. So I'm guessing this started right about a year together. You guys started traveling the world. Like that's, that's a really big jump that I never would have been okay making. And I like, I'm happy for you that you were able to do that, but that's just a whole different way of thinking. Like, where does that come from? Uh, I guess just like, well, I'm going to, first I'm going to express like gratitude for like how, how emphasized it was by my parents to just like do what makes you happy with, you know, with that being said, like they, they really, really like emphasized that. And with that being said, there was always like a little bit of a flavor of like, you know, make sure you have a roof over your head, make sure you have a career and that kind of thing. And I thought that was what I wanted because like that was all I kind of really ever understood. Um, and I saw them do it and I was like, okay, like, yeah, I, I could see this. And then like after having a job that, while the people were really awesome, 
um, within the company itself. I, I know maybe we'll dive into some of the other stuff I mentioned to you last night, like a little bit later, but like the company itself and the people that I worked with like day to day were really awesome. And like that environment was really cool. The nature of the work itself and like working the seven to three shift day in, day out, doing like really physical labor was like really mentally taxing. And I guess like, you know, having this opportunity to travel together for this amount of time and like really talk about like what our life priorities are was kind of where it all stemmed no, from. No, that's okay. That's so okay. I feel like I'm kind of all over the place here. This yeah. happens a lot. No, <laughs> I'm so you, sorry. You kind of, what, I, what I picked up there. <laughs> does, does any of that make sense? Did you want me to loop back enough, on anything? <laughs> because I, okay, you know, cool. your work experience had given you enough information to kind of not really BS whenever it came to your relationship. You kind of wanted to make it clear what was important to you in that aspect, at least, because you had enough to figure out with what you wanted to do with your life, right? Yeah. 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 It was, it was like, I mean, that job in particular was like a big lesson of like, here's what I don't want, particularly with scheduling as someone who like, can't just do the same thing over and over mm. and over again like it, it just gets really like i need stimulation you know <laughs> um something new to like focus on something new to be like stoked about um but that can be a slippery slope of course but like you know just like having maybe more of like a, a project-based mind as opposed to like a day in day out same tasks five days a week type deal but like yeah I don't, you mentioned like knowing what you want that's also knowing what you don't want and i feel like we've just been really good about like talking about that with each other like i it's funny like being this young and like i've only been in serious relationships like i've dated a little bit in between each relationship but like not for too long a period of time like you know nothing like super extreme so I have like two other past examples before the current relationship I'm in where I'm like, here's what I definitely don't want. You know what I mean? And it's like hard because we are still so young and there's only still yeah. so much that we like both know. And also all the other crap we don't know. <laughs> so it's like just like always talking it through together and just day by day getting better about like mentioning when there's something that I wasn't very fond of with like the way something was phrased or like the way we approached like bringing up something to the other person or whatever like I feel like I tend to have this really bad habit of like as soon as something's like looming in the back of my mind like I will bring it up at even the like worst of times as opposed to like recognizing like okay maybe I should like make sure we both have the space to like talk about this first like yeah. talking to someone about something that i'm angry about first thing in the morning is probably not the best way to go about it you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> not to say that i'm obviously the only one like doing that mm -hmm. kind of like more problematic stuff like we both have our flaws but i can only out myself for that you know like overall it's all like really solid but like we all have our struggles and that kind of thing and the stuff that like like you mentioned with you and your wife like you both see the world differently. Yeah. You're both pretty stubborn. Like, you're man and woman. 
man and wife, you know, like it's, it's just like, it's the opposites. It's like, it's the sun and the moon. It's the light and the dark. Like (laughs) it's hard to even like find that common ground. So I think like, that's kind of just like the biggest focus is like, well, here's the way I see things. And then like hearing him say, well, here's the way I see things. Uh, And then like, whenever I was your age, um, when I was 25, my wife was 20, 21. And, you know, as we were talking about getting serious or like getting more serious, I was like really committed to this theory that she was not even, I was like, you're not even who you're going to be for the rest of your life yet. You're not even close. Like until you're 25, you're still like, you're basically still baked. Like I was very committed mm-hmm. to this theory. And I was like, I- I'm afraid to like get married and you change and us yeah. not be right for each other anymore. Um, I think, I feel like it was kind of a, a narrow minded theory, but at the same time, looking back, you know, 20, like almost 20 years later, I was right. Like she wasn't who she was going to be, but also neither was I. I thought because I was 25, I'd pretty mm-hmm. like, I was pretty well baked and I was done. Turns out you keep growing. Like you never really stop. And I mean, you can't, I guess you can. And if you do stop, then likely the, your other yeah. is going to keep growing without you. And that's, you know, that's a scary <laughs> thing. And you're going to grow apart or, what what I've learned is that we've had to we've grown apart at times. We've yeah. had to grow back together, and that is you know the growing back together is almost like uh, trellising a plant or you know like kind of setting it back on a path, like having a vision to where you want to grow and like working back towards that, and you know having to use tools to to accomplish that. Do you have any fear of being so committed to somebody? I mean, like you're overseas together. You know, you're talking about what you know what the future looks like with kids i don't don't know what like i know that marriage has kind of lost some of the luster for the younger generation um i think it's very important to me but have you talked about marriage are you are you worried about growing like growing your identity not being really fully formed yet and that being like affecting how you guys grow together is that stuff that you've thought about at all Yeah, I, I, I think about it all the time. It was something maybe we talked about uh, just over a month ago when we were still in Mexico. So we're in Costa Rica now. We had traveled Mexico for a month doing that whole situation. And like, I currently don't like money, always the root of all evil. I, I currently don't have a job. And so I remember like confiding him one day and just saying like, I'm so scared of like, not having this figured out yet because like I'm you know I I have like a good savings situation figured out for this like I didn't just go into it without like having that security blanket but even before we left we had talked about like what do I need to do to get to that point to feel comfortable doing this while solely relying on him for like the financial side of things and it's like that's like a big thing to be doing while we're in our mid-20s and like still in like the like fresh uh stages of like a relationship you know um with that being said like i think what we've both learned from like past relationships has just been like you know prioritizing like 
the individual things that you still like to do like like I like my pole dancing he loves rock climbing right now it's been kind of a different situation with traveling because not all that stuff is accessible but like making sure that like each person has like their set time for themselves and that kind of deal but then like also like supporting one another and like the different stuff they want to try out because the stuff we're trying to do now is definitely not what we'll be doing 30 years from now like I guess if we're going to talk about it from like a, a career standpoint but like you know even just like the relationship stuff like marriage and like you know just being so into it at this point like we've talked about it and it's something like I don't know it's easy for me to fall into like the mindset of like well I'd like that in like the next year or two but then it's like also not that big of a stressor because it's just going to happen when it's going to happen. Like, I think my biggest mindset, like the biggest mindset shift I've had with what you mentioned with like the whole psychology thing of like your brain's done developing by this time. And then from there, you're who you are. And it's like, it's so easy to like, yeah, well, I mean, you know, we've been together. Obviously for, you predicted that. And you see, did you say 20 years later? You guys have been married, for, we've been married years. for 13 years. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Like, you did see that and like I recognize that that is something that's possible but like the the biggest yeah. thing I also focus on is like I don't see like a counter argument because that sounds like negative but like my thought process to like counter like the well why do it now type of thing which I don't think we're going to be doing that now or anything like that but like you and your wife almost 20 years later are two very different people yeah. 10 years from now that is still going to be the case and it could be in a totally different way you know what i mean like you see that with like like you hear the same type of story like okay my parents got together when they were very young oops they had me they got married had my brother divorced a few years later they were super young had a lot of stuff that like they still wanted to figure out about themselves and like you know other stuff along the way that i i don't want to share but um that's like one end of the spectrum with like getting married super young but then you also hear people who yeah, no that's okay have been married i don't mean this is a way to be like oh this is gonna happen to you i just mean like a totally different example like you hear about people who've been married for 10 20 30 40 50 years and all of a sudden it's like i don't think this is what i want anymore and then that happens you know like like people are we're always changing like there's always going to be that possibility so i feel like my mindset is just like why not just fully love right now and like totally enjoy like how how into each other how like stoked we are about one another like how like how loving and caring this relationship feels like why not lean into that and just like navigate everything as it comes because inevitably it's going to like 50 percent of marriages end in divorce you know like <laughs> it it's it's there's always going to be the the odds are always stacked against us if we're going to like bring marriage into the mix so it's like my mindset is just like let's just let's just like let's yeah. just try it out if it fails it I, fails um, if not great that's what we wanted you know what i mean it sounds a little starry-eyed and uh romantic but i feel like it's also pretty realistic because it's like whoa you could argue what better time than now, but it's also like, well, if we're really sure about one another and we know 
like at some point like we do want to get married and have kids and whatever and like i also don't even have like the the like time frame in my mind of like Mm-hmm. marriage and then kids like i don't care if we have kids first and then get married like that kind of thing it's just like an overall yeah i guess my yeah life is weird let's That's just see where it true. goes i, I, I feel know. like you <laughs> life's, know we life's freaking weird <laughs> we kind of fail to realize at times that relationships are all about just leaps of faith like over and over again like you know you're you're making these choices to trust somebody that you don't know that they're going to be yeah who or yeah. what you think they are i, I just think that for us, marriage takes mm-hmm. it to the next level of not only are, am I going to make a leap of faith and trust you, I'm going to commit to, like, for us, marriage isn't something that we look at, even though both of our parents are divorced, and we say, we're going to divorce at some point, even though, you know, we've gotten angry, and previously, like, the past year or two, we kind of, we threw that word around a lot, and as we've grown and we've gotten more uh, open with our communication, we both just know that yeah. we want to do life together. Like we're we're committed to doing it with each other, and that's gonna look that's gonna look different many times, and that's okay. We're just gonna both commit to. If we grow yeah. apart, we're gonna commit to doing the work and growing back together, because I know that she's my best friend, and I I know that I'm hers. So why would I want to do it with anybody else? Like, I'd rather do the work with her and fix the problem then try to start over with somebody else and maybe never get any part of what we had together. I just, you know, so yeah, that's, that's just my little, uh, not my little love story to our love story is that I just, you know, I I appreciate the fact that you're, you're willing to kind of make these big leaps of faith and you're doing them on a, like a truncated scale. Like, you know, you're just doing it faster because things have come in a way that they've kind of, you know, lined up for you to do them faster so why not like why not travel together why not you know move in together why not you know he's he's supporting you and that's i'm sure is that's a huge leap of faith for both of you that you're not going to take advantage of him and that he's not going to use it to control you like that's that's the big leap of faith so yeah good for you no it's it's world's different to even see (laughs) <laughs> it's hard because it's not like I'm here to like try to shit talk an ex or anything like I'll peace all love to the <laughs> it's just funny to see like how and you know obviously focusing on comparisons is not a good thing either but just like seeing how it's so clear to me how sure we each feel about one another with my partner now and I've also been on the other side of it where um, you shouldn't be questioning you shouldn't be questioning does this person like me? Right. Do they want to be with me? Do they want to support me? Like, I feel like those are all very basic things in a relationship that are so like base level and necessary that like, if that's even something you're questioning, your foundation probably isn't very solid. So it's just like, like seeing the two differences and how like, I don't know, like I I just, I really do feel so loved and so special and so like, not controlled or not like it's just support it's just like it's like pure support and it's it's just like on a whole nother plane of like recognizing what i'm able to rely on and like like you said it is just on a totally different time frame like 
person before dated for a few years and there was never really like mm. a clear moment of realizing like how sure they felt about me they were never sure about me is like the way i interpret it the way i came to peace with like whatever whenever that relationship did end and so it's just like i don't know recognizing like if you have I don't, i'm such a big believer in like trusting your gut and like mm. my gut has not led me astray so far in my 24 years of life which is not a lot but <laughs> it has it hasn't like <laughs> so i don't know i don't know it's like it, it's again it sounds so starry-eyed and that kind of thing and it's so funny because he's like the much more like logical like brainy heady like piece in our relationship in terms of like we're gonna talk puzzle pieces but like we really do balance each other out in that way but it's like we're still able to express how, like, just on a different plane that it feels. I don't know. Like, I, I always laughed or, like, scoffed or, like, honestly judged a little bit of, like, hearing my mom say, when you know, you know, with, like, who you're going to be with. If we're talking operating in, like, a monogamy mindset, like, you just know when you know. And I remember thinking like, that's so silly. But then I would see like the relationship that her and my stepdad have. And I'm like, there's gotta be like some truth to this because like I see what they have and like it prevails, it totally does. So I guess I'll trust okay. that. Okay. And when it comes, it comes. And then it came and I'm like, oh shit, I'm 24. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Don't say these bad words. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm getting into the heat of it. Um, yeah, it, it just, it came along and I'm like, well, I'm 24 and now I'm feeling this and we've had that conversation together. We met on a dating app, like, <laughs> what? And now we're traveling the world together a year and a half later. I'm sorry. Like, we still laugh about it. We were at the beach a few days ago and I'm all, I'll, I say to him every so often and I'm like, isn't it? weird that we met on a yeah. dating app and so, now we're to, here and you know, he's like i tie this back into dude, i don't get it my show's about. <laughs> i think that it's important to to really highlight the fact that yes meeting in a dating app moving fast doing all the things that you've done has been you like you said trusting your gut and living your life in, a, in an authentic way where you, instead of trying to do what everybody else has done or what everybody else would generally prescribe to you said, I, this feels more right to me. This mm -hmm. feels like how I should be living my life. And, you, and you've been brave enough to do that. And that's not something that everybody can say. Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's, it's funny, like, even, like, up until we left, it was funny realizing like how many people I actually felt safe like talking to about like this crazy adventure that we were going to go on and really like taking in that like data from other people based off of like the reactions they had and like it, it was actually pretty surprising obviously negative stuff the way that our brains are wired like definitely sticks out more but in terms of like numbers when I think about most people that I was talking to, it usually wasn't a very good reaction. It was like a, oh my gosh, you're going to go do that? Like, you feel comfortable doing that? Like, 
you know, that kind of reaction and the people that, the, the fewer numbers that had the opposite reaction to that, the people that were really excited and like stoked and like, oh my gosh, like recognizing like, that's not for me, but I think it's cool you guys are doing that. Like those people, like, I don't know, you hear about these big life events like weddings or you know, a baby coming along the way and that kind of thing in families that really bring out people's true colors. Like this was a much more mellow version of that, albeit, but a version of it where I was like, oh, yeah. I think I this confirmed the people that I know I'm going to have in my life forever. And I just thought that was really big. And like, you know, with that, if we're going to tie, tie it all back into like living authentically and just like really being yourself and trusting like, the way you want to live your life, like really hold on to and like appreciate the people that are always stoked for you and get excited with you for like a promotion or like a new job that you're getting or like this big thing you're going to be trying or like mm -hmm. a business you're starting, like all the people that are going to be excited for you. Those are the ones that freaking matter. Like if there's so, anything I could um, say like that, that's been the like, biggest, obviously like, the biggest opponent to living authentically. <laughs> like fear, anxiety, those things make it very difficult. Whenever those people were like trying to sow their yeah. fear into you, how did, how did you combat that? Hmm. I don't even know if I really combated it. I think I just kind of like took it in as like, oh, that's like their reaction. Like, Maybe I felt like a little bit of disappointment of like, oh, they're not excited like I am when who knows what's going on in their mind. Like, I, I can't say what's going on for them. Like, I only know what's going on for me with like the way I'm reacting to whatever's being said back or like whatever nonverbal things I'm taking in. But like, I think I just like recognized like well, of course we all want to do things differently. Like, this isn't for everyone. Like, I wasn't even sure if it was for me. I was just down to try something new because I was not enjoying the job that I had and needed a, a little push of how do I figure out how to do something different, that kind of thing. But, like, I don't know, combating those, like, opposing thoughts, it's hard. Like, I think I was just, like, you know, if, like, if someone like countered it with like, oh, like, aren't you nervous about like, yeah. whatever? I can't think of a particular example right now. It's kind of just like shoved out of my brain space. I'm like, eh, it takes up space that doesn't matter. Like, get it out of here. Whatever thing. Like, aren't you scared of X? Like, I'd just be kind of like, eh, I mean, like, yeah, that's a possibility, but like, it's not happening now. And so, so I know like, I can you said that the, get myself the majority taken care of, of if I need to if something were to that happen. You got were, like, like, in whatever you know, capacity that would more be. More towards the negative lean. So it's not it's not a common way of thought, like at least in in your circle, mm -hmm. it wasn't it wasn't the common you know uh, method to to do these sorts of things. So is it just that you have adopted a mindset yeah. that allows you to not care about you know about them and not 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 care about them, but not uh, not take their fears in and you know and wear their opinions. Right, right. I mean, yeah, I'd say so. Like, there are definitely some things that, like, someone would bring up, but I'd even say, like, oh, yeah, that is something I've been thinking of, but, like, who knows what's gonna, who knows what's gonna come of it, but, like, 
Uh, I I think like whatever issue itself that whatever person like brought up wasn't even what worried yeah. me. I think what worried me was like, damn, they're not excited for me because I know I'm a person who's always excited for others. And so it's disappointing, truly. Like obviously we put expectations on other people and like that's an unfortunate reality. And I think we all can fall be at fault to that but like I think that was honestly kind of the like biggest emotion that I remember thinking and like the only thing that really stuck like for a few weeks after until I talked about that with my partner and this is I'll get to that in a second actually with the way that he like advised it I really liked the way he thought about it but um yeah I just it was it was just like wow they're not excited for me like that sucks I've been excited for them in the past for certain things you know um so I guess like with the whole like showing true colors thing, it was more of like a, I don't know, like my, like my best friend, like her and I have been able to openly talk about this. And she's like such an awesome, like cheerleader, supportive friend who was like excited for me, but was also able to like own her authenticity and be like, that's not for me, dude. Like me and my husband have talked about this and that is not for us. And I was like, that's fine, dude. Like. I just appreciate that you were able to, like, recognize how excited I was for this and that you were able to, like, you know, provide that in return as opposed to being, like, judgmental about it. Like, oh, like, you're going to do that with your life? You know, like, that totally wasn't what it was as opposed to, like, some of the other undertones I got from other stuff, (laughs) other people. But what I was going to mention with my partner was, like, you know, after a few times of like kind of starting to mention, you know, I'm leaving company X and we're going to be leaving at the end of June and we're going to be doing this for six months to a year, depending on what we're able to like work out with visas and that kind of thing. Like after bringing that up a few times to people and then recognizing the negative interactions and then after I guess, like, collecting a few of those and kind of letting them, like, weigh down on me from, like, an emotional standpoint. I came to my partner, and I was like, dude, it's so weird that so many people are having this reaction. Like, I I feel like it's even silly for me to even talk about, like, the upcoming adventure we're going to have. And he was like, well, and I asked him, like, how, how are you talking about this with other people? Like, how many people, like, back home for you know about this and that kind of thing? And he was like, the people that matter are the ones that know we're doing this. I don't talk about it with anyone else. So the people that he's very sure about, they're the ones he's talked to about it. And if no one else knows about it, like, clearly there was, like, whatever temp test for him to recognize like that doesn't matter that they need to know my family knows my close friends know that's it and I was like oh that's so interesting like I I feel like I can be at fault for just like hoping the best in everyone seeing the best in everyone and then blobbing my mouth off and I think that was kind of like what the difference was in what him and I were experiencing with like talking about our upcoming travels before we had left it's really easy to say, like, I only tell the people that, yep. you know, are super important <laughs> when you're an introvert. When you're an extrovert, you want to share what's going on with you with everybody. So, of course, like, and exactly. So that's, you know, that's a much harder thing for yeah, us. Yeah, and people. I want to they're hear like, everything from sure, everyone else. Sure, don't talk about it. Okay, <laughs> I guess I won't talk about it for 10 minutes. And then I'm going to go tell somebody and be disappointed again. But that's okay. <laughs> like, that's, that's totally all right. Um. So, like, it seems like you've really been able to adopt this mindset where 
other people's fears are not something that you you let let determine anything about how you move throughout the world but i know that like you told me that anxiety is something that you you deal with so that's your own fears your your brain's fear is like letting you are you know shaping the way that you move can you talk about how you deal with your anxiety and and the fear of you know moving from based on your own fears Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's, let's well, if do we're going to go off of an origin story, <laughs> um, let's go back to, let's go back to little baby Kaylin at like the age of probably even younger than like nine years old, but this is like kind of the first time I remember it and having, well, okay, first of all, I had my first panic attack at like nine or 10 years old. And even before that, I was a really anxious kid. Um, you know, whether that was like moving around a lot or um, following like my parents getting divorced or like, you know, being in maybe like a little bit more of an unstable setting with like, um, I'm gonna be very vague just for like, identity protection I guess with like you know people not receiving hate and that kind of thing but like navigating um or being around abusive family members and that kind of thing like in the mix of like my mom trying to figure out like how we were gonna continue about life with like just you know her working and like my dad not being around as much like in like the earlier years and that kind of stuff um, I had my first panic attack at 10 and who like, you know, I, I, I say all that because who knows like what the cause of it is. Maybe it is just a genetic thing. Maybe it was like more of a nature versus nurture type situation. It probably was both is probably what I would like to venture towards. And I remember like my mom coming over to me and like handing me this like bright purple journal and me just telling her like i don't know what's happening like i can't breathe um you know this is really scary like i'm i'm a 10 year old 9 10 year old i i don't know what anxiety is i just feel like i can't breathe <laughs> you know um who knows whatever i was thinking about right before that moment like i know i was alone in my room so, so this was not a, a something with like my stuffed animals or barbies or whatever it was <laughs> that happened while you and, were in the midst of doing nothing really right okay Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I would say, like, uh, with you bringing that to light, like, my anxiety is much more of, like, a heady thing, like, I, I, I think myself into, like, the bad, like, not-so-great areas, like, that. that's where I can induce my panic and that kind of thing, it's very heady, like, there are situational things sometimes, like, social anxiety every so often, but not too bad, but, like, you know, definitely the heady stuff, but, yeah, I remember her, like, handing me that journal and her just saying like write down what you were thinking about like right before this happened and write like write down what you're thinking about like after you've calmed down from it and like ever since that point um I've like been able to like recognize when one's like coming on and that kind of thing but then like you know we move like mm -hmm. 
how many years later is that? Like 14 years later to where I am now. <laughs> and um, it just, it feels a lot different now where like I can catch it and like recognize like the like thought, the thought pattern, the thought process that I'm in right before I like start to get like well before I start to get to that point. I don't have panic attacks very often anymore. Um, that's kind of stopped since like sophomore year of college, I want to say, but it, it was a good chunk of my childhood. That's for sure. And like now I can like let myself think about, oh, I still don't want to, I still don't know what I want to do with my life or I, which, right. what, what does that even mean? Basically that means like, what do I want to do to make money? <laughs> um, which is like, that's not what I want to do with my life. I'm just trying to figure out how do I determine some level of financial security. <laughs> um, and, you know, if I find myself like really like hyper focusing on that, I am able to just like come to my partner as long as like he has the mental headspace for it to be like, yo, I'm panicking about this again, even though I know we've talked about like, you've got my back and I've got yours. They're just in different capacities. Um, I just need some reassurance right now. And I think like, that's kind of where I'm at now, um, in terms of like navigating anxiety specifically with that, like that's definitely the most relevant. No, no, you're actually staying totally on topic. I'm I'm tangenting um, again. I'm sorry. What what I found in the the anxious people I know in my life is that there's always some degree of their anxiety, not always, there's often some degree of anxiety Mm -hmm. in which they don't actually want to share with people. They, there's always this level that, you know, it's like, okay, I'll talk about anxiety, but there's this part that I can't mm. tell anybody because it's too much. My, my wife, for example, doesn't ever want to tell our friends about, you know, her social anxiety yeah. because they're going to judge her. And I've talked to many people about it and they're like, yeah, that's, that's not weird. Like, I feel that mm-hmm. way often, but that's not their thing that is there, that, that it's too much. That's, that's her thing. That's too much. That, yeah. You know, it's the one thing that she thinks is going to single her out nobody's gonna get it but a lot of people do do you do you find that there's that thing for you that you're just it's like no i don't right. want to tell anybody that hmm. i would say just like I can really relate to like the social anxiety thing, especially if it's like mm-hmm. a newer group of people or people that I don't feel like totally safe around yet, where like I haven't maybe had like that deep conversation with that person yet, or I haven't like found some kind of common ground. I can find myself like maybe not wanting to share as much about myself. And I think maybe, I don't know if this is true. This is like, I, I would have to ask someone I just met. <laughs> Um, but like my interpretation and like view of myself, maybe in like the first time I'm meeting someone, like I, I would venture to guess maybe I come off a little bit standoffish. I don't know if that's actually the case though. Like I have so many people tell me like, oh, but you're so bubbly. Like, I don't think that's the case. And maybe it truly is just like a really deep internal thing, but yeah, I guess I don't know. I'm like, I, I'm really trying to wrap my brain around this. uh, Like, what do I not want to share? I feel like I'm asking you to go somewhere that is unfair if I'm not willing to go to the same place. 
for me, it's like my fear of abandonment and being alone is something that I, I wouldn't even share with myself for a long time. It was, it was something that like I was like my father and mother got divorced yeah. when I was eleven, and my dad was always gone before that anyway. So like it's pretty deep seated, and whenever my wife and I would you know argue and divorce yeah. would come up, like yeah. my first thought was I don't even want to be here. Like it made me so anxious that it's like I did not want to be alive because it was you know despite how beautiful my family is, how much I love living. As soon as that that real threat to my partnership became like, you know, realized it was like, well, I just, I'd rather, I'd rather quit. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's how terrifying it was to me. And once I was able to, you know, unpack all my stuff and realize that that was my thing, I was able to, you know, have deep conversations with my wife and share that with her eventually to, you know, obviously nobody ever wants a relationship to end, you know, for any reason but i had to you know really express to the degree in which yeah. it really scared me and you know get a lot of reassurance from her a lot of different times and that was something that was really hard for me to work through so i just you know i just wanted to make sure that i was being uh, equitable <laughs> you know and if you don't want to go that deep that's totally fine it's my show and i i really want to be yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. want people to know that there is often a very dark place and it's okay to to have those fears. Just don't don't feel like you have to shoulder that burden alone. Hopefully, you do have a person that you can share that with. Because I, honestly, it yeah. to her it was like, well, duh, of course I don't want to leave you. I'm sorry that I ever said anything like that. Like I love you. I want to be with you. Like I want to do this life together, and I'm committed to doing that. And hearing that made that weight so much lighter. Sometimes it still feels heavy, but I you know I can still. By, by putting words to that fear, it takes so yeah. much of the weight out of it. It makes it, you know, it removes so much of the pressure off my chest and I'm able to move much lighter because I share it. So that, that's part of my authenticity story is just taking that super deep thing, which I was so embarrassed about. Yeah. It's like, I mean, like what kind of baby threatens to, to you know, hurt him, to hurt himself, to, you know, if you leave? That's what it boiled down to. It was like, if you leave me, I'm not, I'm going to kill myself. And it's like, that's not how... It was manifesting in me, but that's kind of how it came out. And but looking at it from her angle is like, well, yeah, it's tough yeah. doing it alone. You know, we have a lot of responsibility. It it would seem heavy. And yeah, I'm here for you. And I, I, instead of just you know struggling along with that for the rest of my life, I just shared it with her, and things got a lot better, a lot faster. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you for sharing that. I think that helps me like yeah. think a little bit more about yeah. like the question you were asking. I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. Like, how do I approach this? Like, I, I'm, again, totally an open book. Like, there are even some things like earlier in the conversation where like, you know, we were on the topic of parenthood and there were things that I was like, I don't want to share that about myself right now. And I am just able to like, you know, push past it. But when it comes to this, like, I guess I would say my biggest fear is just like sharing my sadness. <laughs> I think um I think I'm trying to think of like the best way to phrase this. I keep repeating myself. I 
feel like I have this mindset of, well, if I'm just happy all the time or if I'm just seemingly happy all the time, I guess the key word is seemingly, like, no one else is going to feel as sad because I can be, like, a little dancing monkey or, like, whatever it may be. Um, and, like, I remember feeling that, like, obligation or, like, weird responsibility from, like, a very young age. Um, not that, like, my mom pushed this on me, like, forcibly. It was just kind of like she was going through a divorce and had, like, two little kids that she was trying to take care of on her own and that kind of thing. And I think that that is something that has kind of always, like, stuck with me. Like, always just, like, always trying to be a ray of sunshine or trying to be, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, a distraction from, like, sadness and, like, at, at this point now, like, yeah, no, even totally with, fine. like, my pole dance journey and... I, is it okay if I talk about that? Okay. Um, like, even with my pole dance journey and, like, the community I found within that and, like, the different types of movement that there are, even past pole fitness of, like, perfection and form itself, I found, like, embodiment practices and, like, movement practices and that kind of thing. And I think that's, like, the biggest thing that has, like, allowed me to recognize that sadness is okay it's not wrong to be sad it's not wrong to feel it it's not wrong to like want to let it out um i think i've like always really held that in until recently even like within the last two years and you know being able to like dance that out in a very private supportive small group setting has like allowed me to like start peeling that out in like different parts of my life so yeah i think like that's kind of the most recent like thing i've definitely been hiding when you mention anxiety and like you mentioned yours with like fear of abandonment that kind of thing like i think a, a lot of people can relate to that um no, it's a, I think I think that's what I have to share with it. I I wish I had a more. No, you, you're so much more eloquently like, spoken. No I'm like, how do I phrase this? That <laughs> and I'm. If it's not any deeper than that, then I'm happy for you because it's not a great great feeling to to, to feel that way. To you know to have that amount of like, uh, that amount of like weight in your heart whenever you know that feeling comes. So, if that is your story that's that's good and like i don't want that for anybody else i just know that sharing it helped me a lot and and so talking about pole <laughs> dance like it is definitely not a topic that's off the table because it's part yeah. of your story um i, I was going to bring up body image and um <laughs> and how pole dance has kind of balanced that for you but it seems like pole dance has done mm -hmm. more than than just help you with your own body image like kind of talk to me about how you found pole dance of i know that that's something that like i have no i have no relationship with like you know i've, I've heard that some people think you know they have stereotypes about it and yeah. think it's this way and you know think it's all about like you know attention seeking and sexualization and the other side is that it's it's so much more than that and that it's you know 
it's a very deep practice it's similar to the yoga or whatever else and so tell me what it is for you yeah um well i'll say first of all i found it for myself in 2020 it was spring summer of 2020 um so i'm sorry can you hear that in the background or no shoot okay um it's okay (laughs) i'm so sorry hold on let me i think what can i do to fix this maybe i don't hear him can you still i don't know if you hear that oh there he is It's okay. Shoot. Oh my God. I'm so sorry, Bruce. No, it's fine. Like um, the, I, I'm I trying to think of the best. Oh, I could go into the bathroom. <laughs> no, it's okay. 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 Sorry. I'm like, I don't want to get us off topic, but I don't want to ruin your audio. Um, sorry, everybody. Okay. So um, I will start by saying that I found my pole dance journey <laughs> in 2020 and it was like spring or summer, so like some things were starting to lift, but it was definitely like, you know, wear the mask in the studio and that kind of stuff. Like it, it was definitely a weird time, such a strange time to find it, but you know, what better time to like try a new hobby than then because there was only so many things we could be doing. And I tried it out and fell in love with it. And it was, it was just the pole fitness aspect of it. I hadn't even discovered like the S factor and body move movement, like side of what pole could be. And, you know, that didn't happen until two years later. So I was just trying it out in college and like, it, it was a really nice small pole studio. I actually happened to know the owner from childhood because I went to school. Uh, I went to undergrad in the same town that I grew up in. So it was just like, whoa, small world, like this studio owner, like I knew her when I was a kid and like that was super cool. But, um, you know, moving to <sighs> well, what year would this have been? Sorry, I'm like trying to do math yeah, in my fine. head. <laughs> um, is everything I mean, still sounding okay? I would be like, hey, shut up. But that's, you know. Are you sure? I, I tell my family to be quiet whenever I'm recording because I'm. You know, this is my thing. So it's, it's you're a guest, and I don't want to make you feel like you have to. No, totally. No, it's your oh, thing. Oh man. Um, he's just also working right now. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. This is this has been the really fun. Um, I, yeah, I feel that <laughs> navigation is a full time traveler. <laughs> um, so let's see what I'm gonna do actually. I'm gonna set this down. No, it's okay. Do you have a balcony or a patio? I feel so unprofessional. I I apologize immensely. I have a patio. Um, let's try that. Sorry to make you move around. (laughs) Okay. No, you're. I mean, like, I would prefer this too if, like, it was rolls reversed. I just we're in like such a small little like apartment setup that I'm like, I don't know what to do. Um, There's no one out here right now, so we should be good. 
don't know I'll, what I'll take uh, intermittent like here. animal sounds over like low constant um, talking. Yeah, another person. Fair. Fair, 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 fair. Okay, I'm just gonna hold the microphone. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> your your clips are gonna be awesome. Thank you. For you this. sound great. Everything's good. <laughs> okay. Please relax. You didn't do anything wrong. Um, I'm. I totally understand. Okay. It's totally fine. So like I'm, okay. my face always looks like this. I have a resting bitch face. So okay, okay, thank you. No, 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 you're fine. I'm just like, oh my god, like that's distracting to me. It must be very distracting for him. Um, sure, okay. yeah, that sounds. We're gonna good. hop back in. Do you want me to just start from the top so you can cut all of that out? Okay, cool. All right, yeah. So my uh, poll journey started in 2020 um at a studio that was like 10 15 minutes away from where i was living in my college town super cool i fell in love with like the movement art form just for what it was is like a like a, a physical challenge just a totally different way to work out i was like definitely starting to not enjoy your typical like gym routine like it just felt it felt forced it felt like way too goal oriented not that pole fitness isn't goal oriented because you know you want to try to make whatever type of pose and like try all these really complicated tricks and um reach like it, it's just like it's just like a different mm -hmm. like it's a different goal orientation i guess <laughs> Um, that doesn't feel so pinned down on the way you look because I felt I was starting to fall into that mindset with the gym a lot, which it's not like everyone does. Like, I'm sure there are plenty of people who are like, I just love the way it makes me feel like I feel that way with yoga. I feel that way with pole. It's just, this is just my own personal journey. Um, and so I fell in love with like just the pole fitness side of things at first. And then fast forward a year two years down the line i think i had like a six month break in between just because of affordability when i like briefly lived in los angeles and it like all the studios surrounding were just way too expensive i couldn't afford it i was working like a barista job <laughs> and trying to do like what was it called um like conservation work that was just not very funded because none right. of that nothing earth oriented really ever is <laughs> Um, if you're going to try to go into the research realm, but you know, then I moved to Santa Cruz up North in California. And once I had made a little bit of money from the new job I found there, I was like, okay, like, I think it's definitely in the budget to be able to go to the studio. Like I'm going to go back to it. And I joined and it was just a blast. It was like such a welcoming community. I had heard about S-Factor before, but had never been able to try it because the studio before that, the S-Factor instructor that they had, um, S-Factor is a form of embodiment movement. If you want to research it, I invite you right. to research it if you're interested. I'm I'm just not a professional in like explaining it, so I'm not going to dive into that side too much, but it's basically free flowy movement that you can integrate with pole dance. Um, and I had always wanted to try it and didn't get to until then. So I tried it out in Santa Cruz and, you know, the studio owner 
was the main instructor for that class and her and I just became like this and we still are I think I'm gonna be talking to her like later on this week and um it was just like such an awesome like instant group of friends on a deeper level like it wasn't your typical small talk stuff that you would encounter like at work you know like we actually got to talk about really interesting stuff and find common ground with like body image stuff in general because that's what we're looping it all into you know with like you know how pole dance and s factor in particular has really helped us like find more love for ourselves in the different ways that we move and the different ways that we look and that kind of thing. And so it just, I don't know, it just, it just kind of blossomed from there. And I'm, I really am missing it right now. It's so hard to like not be with all of them while I'm traveling, but it's cool. We get to do this. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know if that answered the question a little bit. I could dive a little bit more in if you wanted to know more, but I know you said it's not a world you're too familiar with. So is there anything that I could like? Yeah. Like what I wanted to, cause I had a, a deeper question on it is that we kind of, we talked about anxiety yeah. and how our brains lie to us and like, like body image is another way that like my, my brain lies to me is it's, uh, in episode 14, I talked with my good friend Larissa about being like being big, like being in a big body, like I'm pushing 350 pounds and it's, it is very easy to not line up with your body whenever you're bigger because America's perception of big people is not a good one. So it's, it would be easy for me to discount you being a smaller person and not having the best body image, but I definitely don't want to do that because it's not a choice as to whether what size you are depends on like if you feel good in your body or not it's just either you do or you don't and what was it about you that that felt uncomfortable in your body like how like how did that manifest for you yeah um it i do totally recognize like how how different like each of our experiences is with that i've had a person in the past like bring that up to me um someone i was friends with at you know a younger time a younger age middle school high school um this friendship isn't really prevailing as much anymore but that has nothing to do with the body image stuff like Mm -hmm. doesn't matter (laughs) um you know me just setting boundaries for myself and if they're not respected then i have to make space from people um anyways that's totally different tangent um i would say like the beginning of my journey with all this body image stuff and like again I the whole point of me like bringing up all that stuff with that past friend was just like recognizing like how different her and I her and I's experiences were growing up especially in the town that we did grow up in but like you said in the U.S. in general was I was and I I recognize that my mom like I, I love her so much like this is not me trying to criticize her or anything like that it's just like the different versions of like what we consider like body positivity and body neutrality just have changed so much since the early 2000s to now and i'm hoping it still does continue to change um but the biggest thing i remember growing up was like i was very skinny as a child i was very fit i was very athletic i could do all the sports like i i loved that stuff and 
my mom always praised my body, like kind of to a degree that I, I don't think I, I would say doesn't really occur for most people. And so I don't think I really had like an actual like conscious thought about like I never questioned that growing up. I was just kind of like, okay, mom, like that's weird or like whatever. <laughs> and then like going into college and having much more of a focus on school and research and clubs and that kind of thing didn't leave as much room for activity as well as, you know, entering a deeper stage of puberty and most women experience a metabolism that slows as they get a little bit older and like having that drop off and then seeing my body change was kind of when that started to happen and I was like well this isn't the same body that my mom praised when I was this age and like that I think would say is kind of where where and when I was thinking about the way it looked a lot more than I ever had before so it's just it's like a totally like Oh, I don't want to say flip-flopped. I can't think of the best way to, like, describe it because, like, where I'm at now um, and in the U.S., like, I'm I'm considered, like, mid-sized. Not big, I'm not small, mid-sized. And, like, that's just something that that's nowhere I had been before, um, like, in my younger years. And so, you know, in society still, like, in the U.S. particularly, too, like, smaller bodies are what are considered the ideal and the standard and, like, the best or, like, whatever you want to call it for what it is. Like, going into the pole dance community and, like, if you're going to be doing a pole trick and you're going to be going upside down, hanging on a leg, hanging on an arm and that kind of thing, you're not wearing very much clothing. You're not going to stick if you don't. So there's a lot of like, it's a big exposure therapy thing <laughs> is like the best way I could describe it. Um, and, you know, we're already told in society to hide our bodies and that kind of thing. Like you shouldn't be showing X, Y, or Z and like I could dive into that totally other time with like the sexualization of women's bodies in particular but bodies and how yeah just oh it was just like total exposure therapy to like okay i'm like in a sports bra and underwear right now in front of others or booty shorts or whatever and it's like it's for safety like no grippy pants like sorry caitlin just stopped recording Kaylin, can you hear me? Kaylin, can you hear me still? My back. Okay. It might be a little bit echoey. I am in my bathroom. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound too bad. Okay. I I picked it. Okay, you look like you were phones, like you had a but, quick workout. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, we're back. <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> I'm, like, over here panicking and inside. I'm like, I'm the worst person ever. Oh, my God, I'm ruining his podcast. No, you're not. It's totally fine. You know, let's, let's, take, a, let's take a moment to talk about what you're feeling right now. Like, 
let's be authentic yeah. and you know to the audience like we've been having some technical difficulties we're doing this on a, on a you know in a remote situation and stuff happens and that all the stuff has been happening right right now so kaylin is dealing with some anxiety like tell us what you're going through right now. yeah i just overall like I wanted to say the like thoughts that are bouncing around my head are like, oh, this is unprofessional. This is rude. I'm wasting his time. Like, I am becoming a problem that I never thought I would become, and like that kind of thing. Like, just fear of like being a terrible guest. Like, you were such a wonderful guest on my podcast, and I'm like, I know I can do this. Like, I <laughs> this shouldn't be a problem. And like, oh. of course, of all days, it's like boyfriend's talking really loud, but he's on a meeting, and like I can't tell him to sh- shut up. let's talk about the reality of it like the reality of it is you're doing me a favor by coming on my podcast like you like i appreciate you as a guest so you know you're helping grow my audience by uh, like us working together so that is like i'm thankful for you being you know it it goes both ways man well thank you so much It, it is a collaborative thing and when you collaborate with other people you have to accept that there's going to be stuff out of your control like it is absolutely out of my control if you would have showed up you know with crap all over your face and uh totally unprepared to do a podcast you're like still half drunk from the night before or whatever i that would have been totally out of my control like i i trusted that you were somebody who wanted to come on my podcast and would you know and would show up ready to be on it and you've done that and you've been open and you've shared your life and Thank that's you. really for me the only thing it takes to be a successful guest on my show is Come on, be honest, you know, be vulnerable when you feel comfortable doing so and help us, you know, see your story and how authentic, how authenticity has played into it. And even in this moment, like that's something that, you know, you could be like, no, let's just let's not talk about it. Let's just move on. And I think it's important to like to be in this moment for a second and appreciate that stuff happens. And whenever stuff happens, it's important to allow yourself grace. It's not nothing that's happened has been your fault it's been completely out of your control it has been internet it's been hardware it's been your boyfriend it's all things that like there's nothing you could have done to prepare for that you came on as a prepared guest you did what you're supposed to do and stuff still happens so like breathe it in and then breathe it out like let it go right yeah no i love it i love it you're bringing me back down to earth here i'm like good it's so true it's all it's all out of our control we're not we're not professionals yet (laughs) right i mean i mean you are now you've got 20 podcasts down so you're in the top one percent so (laughs) oh my god i don't know i don't know about that i'm still over here like wow people are like bulk recording their episodes i'm like it's it's the end of Monday, and I have two people who said yes to podcasting with me, but they still haven't, like, scheduled anything on my Calendly. You inspired me to make a Calendly, by the way. Oh, are you, are you serious? <laughs> like, not the not the yes, Calendly yeah. part, like, because I, I, like, I was late to the game. Another podcaster I know was like, hey, like, do you have a Calendly link? And I was like, no, not yet. Let me send it to you in a minute. And, like, I went and set one up because <laughs> it does make things a lot easier yeah. scheduling-wise. <laughs> but for me, the idea of not having a podcast guest for the week that is supposed to be released i'm like i'm recording for episode today is episode 17 i release episode 10 today or it's nine or ten wow so, yeah, dude I'm, that's awesome thank you very much but also like i'm 
ADHD. And whenever I'm on something, I'm on it. Like I want to, you know, like and I'm super <laughs> about this life. So I also, I know we've got a move coming up. So there's a lot of things that I don't want to lose progress and yeah. momentum because we're moving. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to find people immediately whenever we get to where we're going that are going to want to come on my show. Like, you know, luckily I've been able to find a pretty good remote, you know, uh, pool of guests, but like I've got scheduled episodes that'll pretty much cover me through November, November by the end of next week, I'll have recorded. That's amazing. I'm... <laughs> you, that's like pat on the back, oh, dude. I'm you. over here. Like, I don't know how you do this. Like the outreach is impressive. Like it, it sounds like, are you like getting out into your community and doing that? Or are you like just mess, like cold messaging people no. day in and day out? Like I, I want to know your secret because I'm like, well, hopefully I have someone on this week. If not, I guess Zach's going to come on. That's my partner. He's going to come on and we're going to bullshit around about something because I cannot not have an episode. Come right. Out. So that, I mean, that's <laughs> my first step was my wife. Like that was the first one I went with because not it wasn't yeah. just because she was convenient that definitely helped but i wanted no, to totally. like you know starting with authenticity i knew that me and my wife both struggled with you know at times imposter syndrome i knew that that was something that i i wanted yeah. to talk about so i was like why not start this whole thing with my partner and everything else like i know i'm comfortable i know i'll be able to like show my best self with my partner there so that's how i started yeah. but as far as reaching out to other people a lot of it has been people <laughs> i met from my past job like networking was part of my job. So like the people I networked with, like I've kept those contacts and I've stayed in touch with them. And like, I, you know, so a couple of them have been my mentors, um, other people I worked with at school, like pretty, there's been nobody off the table for me that I thought would be a good guest for the show. It's like, if we met and I thought you'd yeah. be a good guest, like I'm going to reach out to you. If we haven't met and I've seen you in like the uh, Riverside like group and, you know, I'm just like, Hey, would you be interested? Like, the worst thing they can say is no. Like, I, I had somebody yeah. who was getting, they just started the whole podcasting thing. And, the, you know, I was like, hey, would you like to collaborate, do an episode? And they were like, oh, sounds so awesome. I listened to her podcast. And um, it was, you know, it was cool. Like, wasn't exactly for me, but, she, you know, I thought she would have been a good guest. And she reached back out and was like, yeah, actually, you know, after talking to my partner, I've decided to solely focus on, you know, building relationships that have to do with my field. And I was like, okay, cool. You know that it it hurt initially. I was like, "Damn," because yeah. my audience is everybody. Like often, I mean, like mm -hmm. I've got a target audience, but really everybody has to deal with making the choice every day to either be authentic or not. That's something everybody deals with. Yeah. So my niche doesn't necessarily fit into other people's niche, but it's like everybody fits into mine. So there's gonna be people who are gonna say like, "Yeah, we don't really align." And I'm like. Are you not authentic in your business? Like, are you are you sure? Yeah, yeah. So, and you know, I'm not. You know, this, go, ahead. go ahead. Sorry, that you're just you're getting me thinking about like some of the stuff I've been trying out, like in terms of like alternative like profession or job or like whatever money making thing. And like the most recent thing I've been doing is like trying out copywriting. And <clears throat> excuse me, I initially got stoked out stoked about it because I'm like oh like there's so many like businesses that I know I believe in that I could like do this with but like the key thing there is like it's the businesses that I believe in mm -hmm. and so loop back to now 
where I'm like actually practicing the work and you know just trying to write because write writer's block is such a unfortunate thing just like artist's block yeah. or podcaster's block maybe you know oh god and is that a thing i found myself what was that so god is that a thing podcaster's block <laughs> i don't want to experience that that's terrifying uh, i feel like i have all these really great ideas when i'm like walking around and then i get home and when i have my scheduled write down time i'm like what am i doing right. I, I know that <laughs> but like but yeah like the I've been noticing the most writer's block I've been getting is when I'm not stoked about the person or business I'm writing for. Mm -hmm. And the reason I feel that is because I have initial gut reaction of being like, I don't think this person is as legit as they say they are. Like the vibes I'm, the vibes I'm getting from this make me feel icky and I feel icky doing it. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. Like, And I hate to like be judgmental. I feel like it comes off as judgmental at first, but then I'm like, well, there's there's got to be a reason that there's something inside telling me that this is icky, and I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely I haven't had anybody I felt icky about, but I've been like I've been trying to prepare myself for this situation because at some point somebody's going to come into my show about authenticity and it's going to and it's going to just bald face lie. They're just going to be like a total liar, and they're going to not be honest with their story. <laughs> They're not in, they're going to, so they're, yeah. you know, trying to take advantage of my audience. And I feel, I feel a way about that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have like this huge following or whatever, but if I did, I'd still feel the same way. I care about the people who are taking yeah. the time to listen to my show. Like I care about people anyways, and I don't want them to get taken advantage of by somebody who's unwilling to be honest. Like if you yeah. want to come on my show and tell people like your, your darkest stuff and, and really be like, you know, gritty and nasty and like i'd rather that than somebody come on and like pretend to be okay like yeah. that's unfair to people who are showing up and are not okay like yeah. you know there was a, a one of i did an intro for an episode that hasn't come out and i was like you know as i'm writing this like i just had an argument with my wife and i've got to i've got to clear i've got to clear that off my chest before i'm able to finish writing for this episode because i don't want to be lying to my audience I don't want to pretend like I'm okay yeah. when I'm not. And, you know, it made me feel okay for one, but also like, I, I just, I don't know. I just make that, that idea makes me feel really angry. Like, don't do that. <laughs> don't come on my show and don't like, but I know what's going to happen. And I just don't know if like, yeah. whenever that happens, if I try to like poke holes in their story, whenever I figure out they're not being authentic, or if I just like end it and I'm like, you know what, this is not going to work out. Or if I record yeah. it and then don't air it, like, I'm still, like, I'm trying to figure that out. Or if I just yeah, record I, it and it's like, this person's a liar. Don't listen to any of this. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, like, we haven't seen any of that in the particular recording platform Facebook group that we met each other in. Because... Mm -hmm. I would be interested in how many other people maybe have navigated that or have the same fear because that has definitely come up in my head before. Like, right. you know, you don't know someone and as you reach out to more and more people, like who knows who you're going to encounter? Like you could even argue that for like you and I, like we've only ever met face to face two times now. And like, you know, yeah. we message on messenger, like trying to like plan our stuff, but it's like, we only owe each other as much trust as like, how much we've interacted and that's been twice so yeah. it's like you could even argue that with our interactions like it's it's a scary thought like 
you know, having people pretending that they're being okay, that they're having people pretend that they're okay and that kind of thing. Like, mm -hmm. that's so incredibly common just in day to day life that, like, how would you even filter that out? It's such yeah. a terrible thought. But I feel like you could totally, like, recognize it for what it is. But in terms of approaching that from like a professional standpoint, how you go forward, I have no clue. <laughs> I mean, what I've, what I've tried to do so far is like, bear my soul to a degree with my introduction like you know yeah. generally with people i'm like hey this like i see this in you i see you and i want you to see me in like whatever way and like really try to create a space where it's like this is me being honest like this is what my honesty looks like hopefully you're going to match that energy yeah. and so far it's been really really successful you know people have been like one of my, my uh one of my good friends uh, and mentors peter what came on the show and he he really rocked my world because he's somebody who i think of as a really like great networking person somebody who's like you know he's not like trying hard but he's like kind of always on because like everybody loves to talk to him he's always like you know uh, like you know people gather around him in a room and whenever we talked he was like oh yeah that's not me like i don't like i do that but that's what i do it's not who i am and he's like, for a mm. long time, like I was dealing with so much and I was putting myself out there to do that. And, it, and I was dying. And he like, dude, he, he laid it out for me in a way that I would like, it just, it floored me. And that was whenever I really recognized the power that my show could have. And the power, and, and me, you know, as the host of that is that I, by putting myself out there, other people will put themselves out there too. And that's yeah. going to help people. Like, it re I know it's going to help people. And that's really exciting for me. And I, now I'm on a tangent. So <laughs> I need to rein myself back in. No, let's, let's go on tangents together. <laughs> I, could, I feel like I can relate to that though. Like, I know we opened up to one another. I think this might've just been while we were messaging, but just like, like how, how beautiful and how much more fulfilling it is to like, just dive into the nasty, deep, like dark depths of who we are is like so much more fulfilling to like share that interaction with someone than to just be like, how's it going? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I hate that question. <laughs> I hate that question. <laughs> um, I hate asking it. it. Well, no, that's not true. Some people I know they're going to give me a real answer. And so it's like, right those right. people i like asking like my friend courtney is like hey how's it going and she'll you know some days it's going to be like oh man today has been great like you know so many amazing because he appreciates life um to a like a really impressive degree but sometimes she will like lay it on me and been like today has been so much and i like i love that about her yeah. i love knowing that it's like we're going to skip through all of the bs and we're going to get right into it whenever we talk like, i love that. yeah so Let's yeah. like, I'm going to hop back uh, on my questions because yes, of course, <laughs> sorry. There, there's still <laughs> stuff I want to know about you that I think that my audience will appreciate. Yeah, um, of so you said your, your anxiety isn't really social, but if you're in a brand new place every 10 days to two months, you're starting over like, so that like the, the safety and security that you build up in, you know, kind of your, your home, wherever that may be for the current place, like that goes out the window. And does that start that mindset again, where you start asking yourself questions and start doubting yourself whenever you're trying to build that community 
or, or, or is this again where you tap into that like that that doesn't fit me mindset and i'm just gonna go do my thing yeah um honestly the first the first six weeks which two weeks two weeks two weeks that's what the first six weeks were i had like that anxious feeling of like maybe this isn't right like maybe this isn't what we should be doing or maybe what I should be doing I don't want to say we like I can't speak for what my partner was feeling but I definitely doubted it a bit more when our location was changing so frequently because it was so exhausting it was like an a different group and type of group of people each time that it was just like so overwhelming to like take in all that stimulus and like you know recognize like okay this person's like fun to talk to like I can talk to them while I'm making my dinner in the hostel kitchen or oh that person said something that like really rubbed me the wrong way about how they felt about the Barbie movie like I'm, I'm just speaking mm -hmm. from something funny that happened at a co-work place we stayed at and um yeah anyways like it, it was just like overwhelming to have that be the case and now we're staying in the same town for two and a half months. I think we're a month in now to being here and it just feels worlds different. It's so nice. Like we are able to immerse ourselves. Like we went on this really awesome chocolate tour yesterday of like start to finish. Here's how cacao's harvested. Here's the history of it. Um, history of it with like colonization and the different ways that like different like old cultures have like used it and that kind of thing all the way up until we made the chocolate ourselves like getting to do that kind of stuff in a community and like learn about this really cool farm and like the locals that they interact with and like trade stuff with and that kind of thing like we weren't getting that when we were changing every two weeks and I think like you know, not everyone can do this because yeah. of, you know, whatever it is you're trying to do in your working world. And so I just feel like it's like such a disservice for other people who do get to travel for like their 10 days a year. And like, this was me, you know, like I, I had that time and like, that was it. And it's like, you're really just much more in that vacation mindset. And like, now we're getting to just like yeah. really you know, get the scoop on like, oh, here are these really good local places to eat and like that kind of thing. Like, I'm becoming really good friends with a yoga teacher that I've been like going to classes with like since we've been here and like, you know, making friends with other people at the hostels, like the people that work at the hostels. Like there's this one girl and her and I just get excited to see each other every time. And like, you know, every time we see each other, my Spanish is like just a little bit better <laughs> and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's just like, it's worlds different now where I feel like I'm not like the, the doubt will inevitably like come up every now and then when I'm like trying to figure out how I want to make money and like that kind of thing. But other than that, like it's been really cool to dive in with people a lot more here and dive in with like the great nature spots and that kind of thing. I am definitely feeling a lot like I'm not, I'm not attaching to like, whatever stuff may arise it kind of just it comes up and i'm like mm, that's not mine like get out of here you know what i mean yeah so yeah so you, t you told me that you took like a, a six month break from alcohol 
and you still are currently like considerably reduced, like you know, once a month in your you know alcohol intake. How has that transformed what this travel life has been for you? Has it made a huge difference? Yeah. Um, well, I'll say the six month things started around. I think I think it was like August. 2022 and so i did that until or maybe it was a little bit before that i can't remember exactly it was like summer 2022 and then like six months down the line and then after that i was like okay like i'll have a drink every now and then and now that we're traveling it's been interesting like going to each place and seeing the different ways the communities are like centered or surrounded or like focused around like whatever particular thing whether that's surfing or the beach or partying at the beach or like you know that like whatever it may be wherever like most people gravitate towards like on a particular like Mm -hmm. day evening whatever and yeah now like it's so funny what today's monday right yeah so it's my, oh, yes. this episode's probably coming out a while from now, right? <laughs> yeah, it'll be a while. <laughs> yeah, be because while. you're really good at, um, you know, like bulk recording your episodes. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. For the listener's perspective, it is a Monday while Bruce and I are speaking with one another. And two nights ago, Saturday, so Saturday night, my partner and I were like, what should we do? Like, what do we want to go do tonight? Like. There's not much to do except go to a bar or like go to a restaurant or like go to a club or a beach club or whatever. And we're like a 24 and a 26 year old like questioning that. And I feel like, you know, most people in our age group like that's (laughs) kind of not the norm. (laughs) So we kind of just laugh and I'm like, gosh, we sound like old people. And I'm like, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, we definitely don't, like, it would be easy to, like, boil it down to just, wow, we sound like old people, but it it really is so much more than that. Like, that's just the joke that we have. Like, there's, Mm -hmm. like, definitely layers of, like, what alcohol has been in each of our families and, um, you know, drugs tying into that as well and that kind of thing to where, like, you know, we're out of our college phases and, like, college timelines and that kind of thing where like partying every weekend isn't really something that feels like super fulfilling personally for us like I'm I'm this is not propaganda to like tell someone if you're drinking alcohol you're bad you, like hey, I'm hey then you don't have to apologize for your opinions you can just <laughs> you can say this is how I feel and I'm I'm okay. here for for you to be yourself you don't have to apologize about it thank you I just don't want people to you're feel welcome. like I'm judging them because it's like it's so much nobody thinks you're like, judging them okay 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 <laughs> the only person judging is you were judging yourself like stop it no you're so right you're so right <laughs> just yeah just just tell me like you know so you're thinking all these people are judging you because you're you know you're not participating in the lifestyle that's normal for your yeah. age yeah yeah and that's that's been interesting it's been good right you've been able to appreciate your the places where you're traveling a lot more than I would have at your age for sure. I would have been drunk most of the time. And that would have, you know, looking back on it, that would have been super depressing to have traveled somewhere like Costa Rica and not have a great memory of it because I was just wasted. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I I feel like my biggest preface with it was just like, you know, I'm I'm not like a hundred percent sober anymore. I tried that out for six months and then I mm-hmm. was like, okay, like I feel like my view on it is a little different now and I'm I'm fine having like a drink occasionally and that sort of deal. So it's like, you know, like that's where I'm at currently. I just I just don't want anyone to like hear this and be like, well, dang, like I'm doing this all wrong because that's obviously not the case. Like alcohol has been around longer than humans have been around. Like it -hmm. it happens on the fruit that falls on the ground. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. When fruit falls on the ground. So what was it that was happening in your life that made you decide to take? Uh, a little alcohol sabbatical. Yeah. Um, let's see. So the thought process and just like the idea of it came up a few months before I even like actually like really stuck with it. Like leading up to that, it was like it was like a soberish sandwich, sober, soberish again, and then like before the soberish phase, like I'm moving the microphone around. Sorry about that. Um, that's okay. The like it was like first soberish phase, sober, soberish again, and that's currently where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Before the first soberish situation, I guess I was experiencing maybe a little bit of like some social pressure and like, um, yeah, I guess we'll just call it for what it is, like some social pressure of like okay, I'm at a new job, I'm in a new town, like, I, I want to get to know my coworkers. like, let's try to make some friends. And so I would go out with them and party pretty much every weekend. And I think that was honestly the most I've partied, like, even before college. Like, I was a grandma even in college. Like, I went to the occasional frat party and, like, you know, did, did your occasional danger and that kind of thing. But it was definitely not an every weekend situation this particular time. Moving to my new town, it was every weekend for, like, a month or two. And I just remember feeling exhausted afterwards and, like, sad because with those high highs, you get those low lows. It's, like, that typical thing they talk about with, um, you know, any kind of, like, alcohol education or, like, substance abuse education, that sort of deal. And I just hated how it was, like, affecting me going into work like I wasn't doing it on work nights or anything but it just made me feel like I didn't actually have a weekend because of how tired I was if that makes sense because I was just drunk the whole time or high the whole time or whatever it is and Mm -hmm. so I kind of just toyed around with the idea for a little bit and then I just like went for it I was like you know like why don't I just like try this out and see how you know a like how different how I spend my weekend time differently and b what kind of people am I still hanging Mm -hmm. around after that fact and I think that was like the big thing for me was what people are still going to be around afterwards and that was the big thing that like started to make stuff a little more clear to me with like what kind of relationships I actually want to have in my life not even romantic. Like, I, I know what kind of romantic relationships I want to have in my life, but, like, friendships and the types of interactions I want to have yeah. with people. And I think that's, 
you know, kind of what the biggest deal was. And then I think I like kind of lightly touched on like some of the familial stuff, like definitely for my partner, partner and I, um, that like vulnerable share here. Like I, I just, I don't want to dive too much into it because it, it's, it's like, it's so hard. Like, I know I'm not the most eloquently spoken person, so it's hard for me to like want to give all the details, but also not like out someone. Um, who I'm still close with in my life, you know? So, like, you know, there's other stuff in the mix. I guess, like, the most... The most, like, vague way... Vague thing I can mention is, like, recognizing how different a loved one in my life talks to me and interacts with me when they've had, say, an entire bottle of wine versus not and like that that's like a big thing that i recognized um just didn't like and i remember calling it out and it started this huge fight and you know like that uncomfortability still lingers a little bit but it's like it's a scary thing to like bring up to someone when like substance abuse is in the mix yeah so i mean for one let me tell you like I appreciate greatly for you telling your story, but I also understand that there are parts of your story that belong to other people. So, you know, in not sharing exactly who, you know, is dealing with whatever substance, however they're dealing with it, I totally respect that. And I appreciate that there is a degree of, you know, telling your story that you can you can do without, like you said, outing somebody else's or, you know, telling somebody else's story for them in a way that they probably wouldn't tell it. So that's um, I appreciate that. And for two, like, um, it right. is almost like socially unacceptable at this day and age to be sober just because. Like, if you're not like a recovering alcoholic, people are like, what you don't yeah. drink? And that's, you know, I, I have, I, I enjoy, you know, drinking on the weekends. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'll have a drink at night, like, whatever. But I went through a phase where I didn't drink for a long period of time to get there. I had yeah. to like completely change my relationship with alcohol. Like I never drink to get drunk anymore. Like I haven't been drunk in so long. Exactly. That is that's the difference. Is whenever I first started drinking at mm-hmm. whenever I got to college, I'd never had a drink before I got to college. And I got to college and immediately got drunk and pretty much stayed drunk for, you know, six months and then only ever drank to get like wasted. And the idea of alcoholism was introduced to me and I was like, right. I don't think that's it for me. I don't think I'm an alcoholic. Like, you know, I was very, you know, we, we probably had that same fight that you and your loved one had where I was like, I'm not an alcoholic. You don't know what you're talking about. Blah, blah, blah. What was different for me is that I, I, I maintain that to this day yeah. because I can have a drink now and not try to chase down the whole bottle or try to, you know, get that feeling back that, you know, that you right. get whenever you're, you know, blackout drunk i didn't know how to make good decisions like that was my big thing is i came into college having had my whole life run for me and i didn't know how to i didn't know how to make decisions for myself so whenever it came to that i made like let other strong personalities in my life make decisions and strong personalities in college are often bad ones um if you're if you're hanging out where in the group i was hanging out with i had had other strong personalities who'd tried to take me under and like say hey why don't you come to this this thing that 
is not a drinking thing. It's like a service community, you know, like a community service type thing. And I tried that and I was like, this isn't as fun. So I went with the other person who was like, drink, drink, try drugs, do this, do that. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. And whenever I started to take responsibility for my own life and learn to make my own decisions, I had to back away from everything and look again at what my why was moving forward. And that still didn't work for a long time until I had a kid. And then my why became very clear and obvious. And it was that, uh, that lined me out after a while. Like it wasn't, it wasn't right out. There was still two or three years where I was not doing good. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's wild how, and I want to say particular in the U S but I, I would venture to say you can see this in most places. I don't know if that's fully true. I haven't been to Europe yet, but I, I mean, mm. I don't know. It's maybe just like an age group thing, but like the way, the way it's like sold to us and that kind of thing is like excess, excess, excess. Like you've got to be having a good time. A good time means you don't remember what happened the night before. And, oh, like it's this glorious, like party filled life and like that kind of thing. And it's like, like such a an inaccurate representation of like what actually is fun in my opinion personally like and this is not like i am not holier than thou like i let's see what what month are we in right now it's september yes it is september i had yeah yeah september (laughs) when we're recording (laughs) not september when this comes out (laughs) um yeah i had like one of my really good friends threw a surprise going away birthday party mixture thing for me um, right before we left and that was the first time I had gotten like I wasn't like blackout drunk or anything but I had gotten like considerably like tipsy for the first time in like a year in all honesty and you know with that being said like I say all of this but like I'm by no means perfect and like that hasn't come up since then. It was definitely like a, oh, let's enjoy it because we're all together kind of thing. But again, it had to be facilitated by alcohol. And like, that's kind of like what I want to still question. Like I, w- I want to challenge that just with society in general, not with the people that were there. Like I had a blast. It was great to get to hang out with them and, you know, have like one last little party together and that sort of deal. But like, why is that? Why was it that way as opposed to some other way and like that kind of thing? You know what I mean? And like that that's no like critis- criticism on like the way she put that party together. Like I had a great time and I was very grateful for her to put that together. It's just me questioning, you know, society as a whole. <laughs> and here, so here is my this is my criticism. I'm, I'm going to criticize. I will say that if you yeah. need to drink to enjoy your friends, there is either something wrong with your friends, something wrong with your life or something wrong with you. And saying that doesn't mean that they're bad friends. That means that maybe they're not the right friends for you. Like I did not realize for the longest time that I hadn't been the right friend for a lot. Like I hadn't carried a group of friends over in any period of my life until I started living in Oklahoma city uh, 10 years ago or so. I I had no friends from before that really. And that's because I had always spent my life trying to be what I thought they wanted and they didn't nobody wants that nobody wants a person who's trying to make you like them, right that's 
then if they do want it, it's to use you some way. So that's not who you should be looking for. Yeah. But getting through that, I realized that I also didn't like those people. Like I was like trying so hard to get these people to like me. And what I found was that they weren't even like the right people for me. The people who I enjoy being around, I don't have to ha- like, I don't have to be drunk to enjoy a conversation with them. No way, shape or form. We have great deep conversations, whether we're drinking or not, because we're those types of people. Like I'm ADHD and I know that my capacity for small talk is super low. Like I, I don't really, I don't, I'm not here for it. And it's, it's not that I won't try to try to, you know, if there's somebody I care about and I want to, you know, I want to foster that relationship, I will try to, you know, be interested in something that I'm not interested in. Like I'll try to mire through it. But in the, in the end game, the people I want to be around are people who want to talk about real stuff real quick. And that's who that, that's who yeah. I surround myself with now. And maybe just look at how you're interacting with your people. Are you being honest with them? Because if you are, things change very quickly. People will fade out who don't belong, and you'll start to attract people who do, who look for that, who enjoy people who are, you know, who are really being themselves. That's, I mean, that's the whole, uh, the whole platform of my coaching is that if you're being fake, you're never going to find what you're looking for because who is looking for the real you can't find you. Like you're hiding, you're, you're hiding the real you. And that's, that's in career, that's in friendships, that's in relationships. Like you can't, you can't find those people who connect with the real you because you're hiding. And so, yeah, that's why, that's my thing about like needing to be drunk to hang out with people. Like you don't, you don't need it. Like you can, it's like, and I'm not knocking drinking because it is nice to not have to be stressed about the overall shape of life. Right. Taking the edge off is a nice thing to be able to do. but. If no, you need cool. it all the time, there's there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's something that's so much deeper and I like you can't just like outright and go say that to people that Oh, I will. <laughs> you were maybe having those experiences with either, you know? Yeah. Like I I at least personally like I don't know, I just feel like like there's so much more to it that's like you know, the way that you like the way that we're told like well, here's how you would approach talking to an addict or here's how you would approach mm. talking to someone who's in an abusive relationship. Like you can't just outright call it out. It scares them away. You're not going to yeah. be able to help them and that kind of thing. Like it just it dives so much deeper into like human mm. psychology and all that kind of stuff. And I'm no professional in that realm, but like in terms of like personal life experience with any kind of substance addiction, that kind of thing, like in my family and and friends and that kind of thing like it it truly isn't just like a like boom 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 here's what's all wrong like like there's it's so nuanced like how yeah there, there's definitely so a lot of like, nuance whenever it comes to the especially yeah. the addiction part and that's mm-hmm. that's the time whenever i will put on my my kid gloves and i will but whenever it comes to just the like the bs part where it's just like you know oh yeah you're not being honest that's whenever i call it out as soon as i as soon as i recognize i'm like hey this is like, please yeah. stop that. Like, you know, if you don't want to, if you don't want to hang out with me, you don't want to talk to me, fine. But please don't come in my space with, with BS energy. Like, I just don't want it. So yeah, come back, try again. Get it out or, of here. <laughs> or don't. Yeah. It's like, and that's fine. And that's, you know, that's been a big, uh, a big transformation for me over the last five years. That's not who I always was. Like I said, I was always trying to get people to like yeah. me. I was always putting up with stuff that I wasn't really comfortable with. 
and I don't like that doesn't even sound like me. People who knew me well, my wife would be like, "What? Like you didn't? You put up with what? Like why do you do that?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Like I just want to get along. I just want people to like me." And now I'm, everybody who I still currently hang out with knows that that's not how I roll. Like now, will I occasionally put my foot in my mouth? Yes, but the people who know me love me anyway. You know, then that's the yeah. beauty of it is that yeah, you're gonna make mistakes in life, and if you've been yourself. The people who know who you really are are going to accept that about you and they're going to say yep you did it again and they're going to be real with you and tell you that you messed up and you're going to apologize because you love those people and you don't want to hurt them and then you're going to move on <clears throat> that's me tangenting again oh not a tangent i'm here to listen i i could listen to you talk forever you're seriously very captivating to listen to oh. i'm like yes like spew the facts give me the life <laughs> advice like <laughs> Well, you're me 20 years later oh How man many years I, later like I, thank you i think I, <laughs> I feel kind of old but also i do i do appreciate you saying that you know i feel pretty confident in the things i say about life but i also i'm i'm also okay with being shaped by others to a degree like yeah I, i've got my fundamental self that i'm very confident in but i also don't want to have such hard edges that i can't be shaped by somebody else's opinion like that's yeah. the difference. Like I used yeah. to take on everybody's opinion and try to wear it and make it who I was. And what I've learned mm -hmm. is that being shaped by other people's opinions is not is not disingenuous. It's when you try to be what other people what you think they want that that was where you start being fake. I want people to like say, "Hey, man, it seems like you're really above all," and I, I want to take that in and like see how it feels, see how it tastes, and be like, "Yeah, okay, I can see what you're saying." And here's what I feel about that. And here's how I'm going to change or not. Like, because yeah. I, I want to keep growing. I want to keep getting better. I want people who like me to love me. I want people who love me to love me more because that's what social people are. We're social creatures. So I want to keep growing. And in order to grow instead of like, you know, actually change, like changing and growing, I feel like is where the difference kind of cuts off. Like, I don't want to change. I want to grow. Like, I want to be yeah. me, but a bigger, better version of me. And that's yeah. before I was like, I'll change and be whatever you want. And you can only change so many times before you have no idea who you are. And that's, that's. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's so, scary. Um, it's so easy to like get caught up in it too. Sorry. What were you yeah, say? No, 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 please. If you've got more to add to that, please. That's, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. No, 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 no. I was just Yes, saying, like, please. Yeah, you said it's scary. Go, go with it. No, well, just like, it's just, it's scary how like, how. I don't know the like big thing that's like popping up in my head right now is just like what has been targeted say on like my tiktok recently because we all know how that algorithm shit works like mm -hmm. <laughs> it pinpoints you it finds you yeah. <laughs> and i feel like i see so much like here's the summer for you to glow up and here's how you have the next glow up and glow up glow up glow up glow up, glow up. and i'm like shut up like why am I seeing this? Why are yeah. you telling me that, like, here's the new thing I need to do to be freaking changing myself? Like, yeah. girl, be, I, here's, here's the time where I'm going to use the F word, but it, it, it just feels so incredibly relevant. Okay, do it. Be so fucking for real. Yeah. Are you really going to tell me that in order to make myself better, I have to wake up at 5 a.m., make a whole elaborate breakfast. It's actually not that elaborate. It's actually just, like, diet culture being, like, subliminally like projected towards me mm -hmm. and then 
go on a five mile run living off of a fucking banana. Yeah. <laughs> like you see that kind of stuff, and there's like obviously so many different versions of that, and I'm like, yeah. what is the point here? I've it's like it's gotten to the point where I'm like, report this video. Not interested. Not interested. Not interested. Yeah. Stop showing me this crap. And so if I could give any takeaway to anyone, because I would venture to say most of us are consuming some type of media, like, unfollow the shit that you notice is making you feel like crap. That has been, like, the biggest change mm. for me in terms of, like, media, um, like, intake and, like, consumption. Sorry, excuse me. Consumption is, like... Yeah. If you don't feel good about it, and, like, maybe that is the you know, you're just comparing yourself to something. Let's, let's, let's move that out of the way. Recognize like that's more of an internal thing and like not that person's particular deal. And maybe you can visit that when you're in a better mental space. So yeah, that, yeah. that's what I was getting at. I, that just like, oh, that stupid no, it, thing is that's so annoying. <laughs> that's, that's very good. Like I know that my, like for a time I followed a lot of like fitness guys because I was working out mm -hmm. all the time and and I was looking for new workouts and then like I've stopped working out as much and that stuff stopped being as much, uh, you know, fitness like ideas. And it started becoming like, you know, something that made me feel bad. It was like, well, yeah. I'm not working out as much. Like I should work out more, but I don't need, like, I know that I don't need to follow this person and have them like reminding me that I don't look like that. So this, this isn't, yeah. this isn't right for my life anymore. So I unfollowed them. And my feed is mostly just about stuff that I think is funny and that makes me happy. And like, that's what my social media, especially Instagram, like I'm not on TikTok because I know that the, the algorithm is too good and it will pull me down yeah. holes that I won't be able to get back out of for hours. And I'm too ADHD for yeah. that. So like, I'm, I'm happy with my Instagram reels, which is still pretty good. And like, it makes me laugh, puts me in a better mood. I share stuff with my wife and a couple of my friends, say some videos that, are appropriate to watch with my kids and and i leave it at that i don't need anybody else to show me what my life could be like because i've got my life and i and i want yeah. to appreciate what my life is and when you're comparing you can't appreciate your life for what it is you, there's always something that's different better more you know less like you know even the lesson you compare to as well and that's that's also not good you know it should just be no. about your life and how living it is great it's so much more, 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 more. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how, like, how has that continued to prevail? Like, it, I, I guess maybe it's some kind of human psychology thing, but I, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a professional in that realm, but how is that what has prevailed in social media all this time when everything first came out? Like, I, that's what you continue to see. Like, as much as I want to say, like, you know, the more like positive, influential people are out there, are out there, like all the other stuff is still prevailing. And I'm like, how do we get rid of this? The, ugh, it's not helping anyone. Like, <laughs> get teenagers off of social media because that's that's where it's coming from. It's, you know, yeah. There are sure there are a lot of adults who also compare themselves, but they're not the ones who are like loving the stuff that makes them feel bad. Yeah. It's, it's the impressionable yeah. youth, like, I am very much not the person who thinks that 13 year olds should be on Instagram. Like, I, just, I don't think that it's, I mean, it's shown that it is like specifically causing more suicide, especially in young girls. And that like, that breaks my heart because it's, it's a pretty simple fix. Don't 
give it. Like I, I, like I do social media with my daughter, like, you know, like my oldest who's 13, like sometimes when everybody else is going to sleep, I'm like, Hey, do you want to social media a little bit? And we'll scroll together and we'll watch funny yeah. videos and, you know, we'll laugh about stuff. And, you know, there's some stuff I'll skip past because I can tell it's going to be like that. It's like, you know, this is some body image thing that she doesn't need. And like, I act as a filter that way because I don't think that it's totally fair to be like no social media for you ever. And then, like I said, I save videos for all my other kids that are like, you know, cute puppies and kittens and, uh, you know, funny, like, uh, like songs or whatever stuff that's like pretty wholesome because I think that there is a lot of good on social media. Like it's basically like world's funniest home videos was for me when I was a kid. Like, it's like, it was really funny to see other people's lives and how funny stuff happened in it. And like social media can be that. So that's what I do. You know, I want to share that with them. I don't want them to not get any of the benefits of it, but I control it because I don't want them to get all of the negative stuff that is involved. With that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's cool. I, I, looping all the way back to the parenthood stuff. I am constantly like, wow, how are we going to navigate? Like, you know, this might be an extreme, but like posting photos of your kids on the internet and like some of the messed up stuff that's out there with like explicit sites and that kind of thing. When you think about like deep fakes and like those possibilities as well as like, when will they be allowed to have a cell phone? Because we're now in a day and age where like being able to use that basic stuff is really important for school and that kind of thing. And I'm like, how do you even navigate that now? I mean, and that's one of the so scary. It's going to be really hard by the time you have kids because it is going to be so integrated. Like for us, we've, you know, we homeschool. So that, that, that allows us to have a lot more control of that. We, I, yeah. I, you know, my homeschool days, I don't use any, any like video aids for the stuff I teach them. Like we listen to like, you know, a composer on one day a week and we listen to like a, a hymn another day a week. So it's like, that's the only time I use technology. My wife will, when she teaches nature study, She'll take them outside some days and some days she'll show them a video. So it's, it's not largely dependent on technology. And I think that that's yeah. great because there's so much knowledge that you can either download from the internet or you can get from books. Like you don't need to actually be actively engaged in the, in the use of the technology to do it. And whenever you send your kids to school, that is totally taking, it's taken out of your control and mm-hmm. the technology becomes integral to their education. And whenever it becomes integral to their education, there's going to be either you supervising them using technology all the time, or you have to you have to take your eye off the ball so you can do anything else. And that's whenever those things that you're not really comfortable with start to come in. And you know, I don't know. I I feel like such a I don't know, like a Bible thumper. Like I am not the most like religious person at all. Like you know, I'm I'm a Christian. I believe in God, but outside of that, like I'm not pushing religious views on my kids all the time. I want them to believe in God. I want them to believe in higher power, but I don't want to be like, you can't be on social media because that's not Christly or whatever. But I feel like that sometimes because it's become so normal for your kids to be able to consume whatever they want. And that like that to me feels wrong. It feels like, um, I feel like I should be the one in charge of this. Like I should be filtering stuff out. And even and I even feel at that, like just with me filtering everything, I feel like they get enough bad exposure to like, and, you know, being like hypersexualization, like inappropriate humor, uh, body image stuff, like 
nuts with me filtering it. Like, I can't imagine right. the kids who just get unabated access to technology and wireless internet all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's scary. It's like, like, you know, to an, this may be to an extreme, and I don't mean this in a way to, like, Actually, I'm going to ask you first, and then maybe you can cut this out if not. But um, sure. can I mention porn or no, since your daughter listens? No, like, that's fine. Did... Like, okay, uh, okay. We don't really talk about it, but she's, yeah. I think she's, she knows enough about the world to understand what we're right. talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I'm like, I don't want to, like, make this bad. But, like, yeah. you think about... Like you're mentioning, you know, the like unlimited like accessibility and that kind of thing that some children have. And it's scary because of like, you know, strangers on the Internet that can like totally take advantage of that. And they totally do like that is out there. And then there's also like all this other stuff that like. Young, impressionable children are taking in like porn and, you know, like stuff like like they're seeing that children are having sex at much younger ages and like those kinds of experiences are happening at much younger ages than previous generations and that kind of thing. And, like, if the first, like, first, like, sexual things that they're, like, being, you know, exposed to and that kind of thing are, like, very unrealistic, like, mm -hmm. portrayals of that, that's already damaging to the brain before they're even doing anything sexual. Whether yeah. that's holding hands, well, holding hands isn't really sexual, but, like, you know, kissing. Romantic and, like, or, yeah. Romantic, yeah. I'm like, what's the word? <laughs> well, I mean, and and they're like, being they're being jumped over romantic straight into sexual yeah. because that's what they're seeing if they're having, yeah. you know, if they're being exposed to that stuff. And like that happened to me in my childhood is that I found my father's tapes hanging out, and that's my first exposure to something yeah. that was like graphic. And I like honestly, for the love, like love of everything, wish I could take that back because it was like the end of innocence for me and like mm -hmm. i was hypersexualized even before that but that just took it even further to like a much farther degree to where objectification of you know of women's bodies and like uh not respecting people was a big problem for me like even you know not a big problem even recently but it was still a problem that i still have to like i have to keep checking in on like I, that's something that shaped who i am as a person and like yeah. i for the love of god wish it was not i wish that that was yeah. something that was off the table because there's enough problems without like thinking that people aren't people that they're their body parts and that's you know that's yeah. it's a terrible way to feel whenever you look back on how you've treated people in the past and you're like wow that was me objectifying a person that was me being a misogynist like i you know you talked about like uh comparing yourself are comparing your partners to like past partners or you know your partner yeah you were talking about comparing your partner to like past partners what i do is compare myself to myself as a partner and mm -hmm. as a partner yeah. in the past i had been such a terrible person even earlier in this relationship but all the relationships before that i was like controlling and i was misogynistic and like i was hypersexualized and i treated people in a terrible terrible way because i didn't know any better like, I, I'm definitely a no better, do better type person. I didn't know better. I was raised in a house where the the love was not present, like not yeah. for me, but between the between the adults, and that le left a lot of space 
for me to assign what love looked like and yeah. so yeah. I did and it, it looked all wrong and I, yeah like, yeah that's that's something that I'm very passionate about admitting is that I was never a good partner to anybody I was with before my my wife and that's it's really hard to to deal with because I don't talk to any of those people anymore and for a long time I was like man you know I, I don't understand how people stay friends when they break up it's like oh because they maybe they weren't in toxic relationships like I was like I and I was the toxic like that's yeah that's that's a lot yeah, it's like there's so much out there and then it's like, you know, you take it even like a step further and like I feel that I'm very like passionate, not maybe not obviously not the most like knowledgeable in the subject, the topic, the field of like sex work in general, but like, you know, you take it a step further and there's like other ways to like consume that media if it is something that you do enjoy, like going into adult life and that kind of thing. Where it's not certain explicit side that I think we all have looming in the back of our minds of what it's called. Right. <laughs> and like there's children on there and there's people who are, you know, being what's it called? Like um trafficked for said yeah. videos and that kind of thing. Like none of it is like looked through or anything on that kind of site. And then it's like there's like these so many other like awesome ways you can like consume that stuff that does support sex work in a positive way that like those people are healthy they have health insurance they aren't forced into things they are maybe a more accurate representation of like what people look like because it's different types of bodies being like shown in those films and that kind of thing and it's just like it's so much more than just like porn is porn and blah 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 you know what I mean like okay like it's a yeah. thing and like it can be a tool and it can also be something that is incredibly damaging like if we're gonna dive into sex health and that kind of thing not that we are like I'm not to, a professional <laughs> but like to be totally transparent like I, like me and my wife were having a conversation the other day which like yeah. I, I want to be a really good platform for people to share their stories but yeah. whenever it comes to sex work like I I am totally I'm not gonna say in the dark, but like mm -hmm. I'm not. I don't want it to be assumed that like I either disagree with or agree with your stance because like I I am no, totally, totally undecided about about how that is, and I just want to make sure that yeah. people who are listening know like I want Kaylin to be able to talk about the things that she is that she's passionate about because I think that she deserves a platform to to do so. I'm not gonna silence her about talking about the importance of sex work because she i think she has more information than i do that's for sure and i don't have a stance on it so i'm just gonna you know i'm just letting that be set out there because i'm still trying to figure some of my life out like i'm yeah. I, i'm definitely not gonna pretend like i've got it all figured out and that's <laughs> one of those of things that i know can be very <laughs> divisive i don't want people yeah. to say like well you know bruce didn't say anything supporting sex work so you know we can't or he did like i'm I'm just letting you share your side of it, and I want you to yeah. know that you're, it, the space is open for you to do so. I'm just saying that I don't have anything to offer to. <laughs> no, that that's totally cool. Like I, <laughs> I feel like I told you earlier, like oh my gosh, like I could just dive into that for hours. Like it's my, it's just like the topic in general is just fun for me to dive into in all different realms and, mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I feel I feel like. 
just whenever I get on the soapbox, it's just me hoping that I'm reaching someone with like, hey, like you being a sexual being, like uh, like overall, like you being a sexual being is a normal thing. That isn't something that should be shamed. And I feel like that's kind of like the biggest like passion that I have. And like, it's something I still navigate for myself where I can find myself like feeling shame for like whatever thing or like questioning, like, why does my partner like that thing? Or like, oh, like, I have this friend and they like this thing, but I don't like it. Is there something wrong with me? Like, uh, we're all so different, all so unique, and we all have, like, such different journeys with even just navigating that in the world in general. But again, like, particularly in the U.S. and, like, how, how, how not great sex education typically is for most people and that kind of thing and so i feel like that's just kind of where i'm coming from um not really mm-hmm. from like a, a judgment not, definitely not from a judgment standpoint is how i should i, I can it. come out and support you in saying that like we do make people feel bad for being sexual period in america yeah. you know i'm in the bible belt so like i'm familiar with mm-hmm. that it's funny because we hypersexualize everything but right. then at the same time we make you feel bad for feeling sexual about things which is super what confusing is and like it's, it's a surprise <laughs> like i'm like i'm confused but like i'm trying to like separate myself from the hypersexualization of my childhood and find you know a, a safe comfortable relationship with sexuality because i think i know that it's important it is part of who we are meant to be as humans like i think that we we're built the way that we are for a reason and exploring that as part of the the joy of life but there there is a healthy way and i'm like i'm still trying to find that balance like and you know yeah, i hope anybody who's out there who's struggling with that is you know is finding a way to do that safely and yeah. and healthy and balanced yeah it's uh it's a scary thing to navigate and then like if we loop it all huh, what was that huh. But yeah, if we just like, you know, loop it all back into, you know, navigating that with children, like, what do we do? How do we make it something that isn't like, like, you you literally can't like, avoid all of it, like how you were mentioning with like, you know, even with what you are able to filter with your kids, like, they still see stuff that, unfortunately, like you can't hide. And it's like, how how do we go about all of this and how do we make sure everyone's okay? And it's just, it's unfortunate that unfortunately we can't make everything okay all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> Uh-oh. Hey, can you hear me okay? Yes, we're here. Okay. Okay, it's starting to record. Perfect. <laughs> I love all the different scene oh. changes you've had. <laughs> i know that's gonna be really really so much fun for you to edit i yes. i you know what you know what's good if you need though, any help what's good is what? that you like the changing of the scenes has been with the things that have gone wrong so i'll be able to just like whenever i'm going through the video i'll be able to scrub through and it's like oh scene change i know that there's something went wrong so i need to go back and see where it was because honestly i can't stand i don't know if you can i can't stand listening to myself whenever i go back through and edit <laughs> Like, I'm like, oh, my God, please shut up. I hate, I hate my voice. Uh, 
it's it's gotten a little easier for me because I actually so I started out doing Audacity first before this platform, uh-huh. and I had to listen through it because there was no other way, and I oh, yeah. it just it totally like desensitized me to hearing my own voice, and now I'm just kind of like eh, it's just another voice. But before that, I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna implode. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my so my wife is my uh, she is a VA and she does she works like does a podcast notes and stuff for me and um it is for one super super helpful but having her in the house listening to the podcast you know doing notes i'm like do you have to listen with your ears could you maybe not because i can hear myself and i want to (laughs) go which honestly like i it's not what i say like i like what i say it's hearing myself say it like that's you know i i support the things i say i stand behind them but hearing me my actual voice saying them i would rather not yeah it's so funny i mean maybe that means you're humble you're not like you're not totally self-absorbed you know there's an element of self-love and an element of like hey like i'm a cool person like that's the good part it's 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 the the not being self-absorbed part that i think is probably a good sign (laughs) yeah i I hope that you're right i hope that is the sign of you know of a little bit of you know humility i don't know though i think it's uh, i think my voice sounds weird (laughs) <laughs> okay so through all of our different issues we've had today i think that we've had a, a pretty great conversation i i'm probably gonna have to do more editing for this uh for this particular episode of the podcast than i've ever had to do not not for content necessarily than just for uh for one the sheer amount of time we've been on like like my other like static recording says we're almost about three hours right now and that is oh my gosh yeah like a lot of that time has been trying to figure out different parts of the uh the recording platform while stuff has gone wrong but it's been like a a pretty good conversation that has kind of just taken us away and i did not realize it had been that long it's starting to get dark out here i'm like oh (laughs) i know same here (laughs) so if if um while i still got you is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to share I feel like we covered it. I I mean, with Ev, with all the different you know playing fields that we encountered, like I I feel like my little you know public service announcement is like I could seriously talk about each and every one of those different things like for hours. Um, might not be the most profound or the most like uh, well informed, but it's stuff that I think about, and it's always rattling around up in here. So. I, I'm just glad we got to, you know, cover that wide variety of topics. Like I, uh, it's just, it's just nice to like get to find common ground with other people and hear one another out. And like, like I loved when you would say like, yo, this is something like I don't know as much about. And I'm like, you respect like there, you know, obviously there's plenty of stuff I don't know as much about with like, you know, when you came on and talked about like the the like job and workplace journey that you had and like navigating that like that's totally not an experience i could like relate to to that degree because i'm not a man and i'm not black and i'm not big like we come from two totally different like understandings you know what i mean yeah even just like man and woman like totally different worlds you know what i mean (laughs) so it was just cool to get to like hear your perspective like it's so helpful to just hear like 
a guy's perspective sometimes, even like, oh, like if I need some relationship advice, if I'm really like, why does he not understand? Like why I'm feeling this way? I'll like, I'll ask a guy, I'll ask my yeah. brother, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I would, I would hope to, you know, any men that are listening here, that is a great piece of advice for you. If you are having that same thought with any kind of like tiff you're having with a gal in your life, Maybe don't go to your buddies for advice. Maybe go to another girl for some advice. <laughs> well, let's be more specific. Go to a trusted woman. Don't go talk to yes. the the uh, like the girl who answers the phone at your uh, at your office who happens to be good looking. Don't do that. Yeah, talk don't do that. Sister, <laughs> talk to your talk to her sister. Talk to somebody who yeah. knows one or both of you well. And um, yeah, yes, hearing a woman's perspective on how to deal with women can be very helpful. Now, is that going to make you a woman and be able to deal with it like a woman? Unlikely, but just being able to see the other side from somebody who's not mad at you is super helpful. And um, I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree with that perspective. Um, I often am like, what do I do with this? It's so hard. Like, so I, I usually end up just asking her when she's not mad is like, so how could I have handled that better? And, you know, that, that goes over pretty well. Like, we, uh, I think that open communication between couples is, like, way, way under stressed. Like, I didn't, yeah. you know, I talked about the model that I had growing up, and I didn't realize how much you actually need to physically talk to actually, mm -hmm. like, be on the same page with your partner. Like, there's a yeah. lot of actual talking. So now we, like, every Sunday we sit down together and, we make sure that we have like the serious talk. We call it Sunday talkie time. And we, it's like, Hey, what's been going on with you this week? Like, you know, is there anything that I did that you want to talk about that, like, you know, is there, is there some a way I need to improve on, you know, the way we're living our life together, whatever. And, you know, I share the same and it has improved considerably my ability to like understand whenever I'm messing up because otherwise it's like, if you, in the moment when you're angry, it always feels like you're being chastised, and that yeah. that a lot of growth doesn't really come from that place. So, yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's good another to go tangent. from a neutral. <laughs> yes, I know. We're over here, like let's dive in more. But we're, yeah, I'm over like, here. I'm like, well, there's pizza in my fridge, and I really want to eat it. <laughs> oh, that sounds delicious. My food's like my kitchen smells like food, and I'm starving. So, um, <laughs> where can people get more if they're interested in Caitlin Brand? Yeah. Um, okay. I totally forgot that this is even an element of like guessing on a podcast. I'm like, oh yeah, I get to like share social media and stuff. I'm yeah, like, oh, do, do, do. we're so professional. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, first, I guess for, starter, for starters, um, my podcast is What Do We Call This Podcast? I know Bruce mentioned that at the beginning. Um, Maybe also type in with Kaylin Bree. I'm not really sure how it's popping up with searching so far. It might be, you know, it's not like popping off like some of the other podcasts that are out there by any means, but like maybe. Are you, you only on Spotify? It. Yeah, still just on Spotify. I recently tried to do um, Apple Podcasts and I saw that you have to pay to like do it. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like, <laughs> really? That must be a Spotify specific thing. 
no 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 for 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 apple Podcasts, i was like trying to do it i just don't know if i'm not looking into it correctly maybe you and i can talk yes, about that later i'll, I'll on help together. you out with that you don't you should not. okay yeah i was like trying to i tried to do it months ago and i was like this is so frustrating anyways yes. not trying to shit on apple Podcasts. i'm just no. like i don't know what's <laughs> happening i literally never know what's happening i'm just like <laughs> letting the wind take me where it goes <laughs> Yeah, but, like, um, I, like I told yes. you the other night, like I deep dove into every aspect of this and I am I'm basically a podcast production professional, even though like I still can't get my life right. Like I learned so much in like RSS feeds and like pod catchers and so much different stuff and like how hosting a podcast works. The Spotify for, for podcasters or anchor method seems like the easiest for getting, yep. getting a podcast out. But then getting it on all the places, I feel like it makes it a little difficult, a little more difficult. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I can help you out with that. Anyway, well, so that's your you. podcast. Yeah. Where else? Are, where are yeah, you still on social just... media? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, still just on Spotify. Working on the other platforms though. Um, let's see. I oh, if you want to check out my. I think I predominantly share stuff on Instagram with Reels. Going to be making a TikTok soon because I know that can be helpful. I just need to stop consuming it. But um, Instagram, you can follow like some of our travel stuff as well as like the podcast Reels that I post. Um, it'll be um, at K-A-L-Y-N dot B-R-E-E um, K- at Kaylin Bree. At Kaylin dot Bree. Um, I have like a little bit of an Instagram podcast situation, but I think I'm I have a better strength keeping like the lifestyle podcast thing mixed together. So I think I'm gonna stay there. So there's like three podcast things on that other Instagram that's mentioned in the bio, but if I were you, I'd just ignore it. I think it's all gonna just merge together. <laughs> I should probably just remove it, but eh, whatever. <laughs> again me just flying with the wind (laughs) um but yeah that's that's where i'm at you know spotify for now and then instagram that that that's all i got (laughs) hey as long as you you know you stick to it and you keep putting stuff on it it'll it'll be enough um so man it's been it's been a bit of a marathon conversation so i it probably won't be the three hours that we've experienced it together but we're probably going to trim that down considerably but it's been i've enjoyed all of it even the the technical difficulties and um to kaylin thank you so much for being so generous with your time and and you know kind and sharing your story and being vulnerable and you know opening up and you know it's been all it's been amazing oh thank you for having me i had a blast absolutely and to my audience if you enjoyed today's episode Please give a review, a follow, share it with someone you might think you think might enjoy it as well. Um, also, you can support the future creation of great content by checking out other episodes. Like all of the episodes are standalone; you don't have to listen to them in any order if you don't want to. All of the guests have been amazing. Um, I think that they all have something unique to offer, so you should go check them out. And if you want to go check me out on social media i'm at authentic identity management on instagram facebook threads and linkedin and you can also head over to the authentic bruce youtube channel for podcast video bonus content and impactful clips from my conversation with these guests um remember if you guys are wanting to take me up my offer from earlier like and it seems like days ago in this episode um to go to the episode 17 reflection post and comment either 
help step one step two and i will reach out to you and we'll have a conversation because i'd love to help you and if you are anybody else who is struggling to show up as yourself in your content your work your family or your life i'd love to help authentic identity management does identity coaching to help you align yourself with the identity you share with the world it's exhausting to live someone else's life live authentically and access the, sorry and access the potential that belongs only to you you can contact me on social or email at bruce at authenticidentitymanagement.com and we can set up a free 30-minute consultation and that is it for today's episode it has been amazing Kaylin, thank you so much to my audience be yourself and love yourself bye everybody